All right, we're live from the hive, baby. Whoa! Looks like we got um, we got YouTube on Swarmcast, and we got Twitch, the Swarmcast, uh, Twitch.tv slash the Swarmcast. The YouTube channel is going to be a little more confusing as we have not been able to get a uh, thing yet, um, a your specific URL. But anyway, thank you. We're here again, number six, Swarmcast. Good morning, Swarm. Um, for, don't forget, always go to samtriply.com for all of Sam Tripoli's stuff. Chat.samtriply.com for all his uh, chatting needs. We have a Discord channel. Follow the links down below. And uh, we're going to be talking about Cyber Polygon today. How's everybody doing tonight? Everybody say hello at once. Rock. Good Hi. morning, Swarm. Good morning, hello. Swarm. All right. So, it looks like we are live. I just want to make sure that we're live. So, it, does, it looks like we oh, are oh, oh, live. I just oh, want to oh, make oh, sure that... Okay, that's a little inception right there. All right. Twitch looks good. Um, YouTube, I believe, should be good as well. Let's verify that first, because I know this makes for excellent television. And view channel. Yep, we are live. Perfect. Share a sure. link to Excellent. the live. I'm going to share all the links right now. I already tweeted it out, but let's go ahead and get get it out to everybody. Anyway, so a little bit about but about we're going to do a little bit about what we're going to do today. <clears throat> it's tough work. Nobody wants to do it. The fucking video is 5 hours and 41 minutes long, but we're here to do the work for you. So this is going to be part 1. We're going to go as long as we can with it. I mean, Essentially, there's a lot of boring stuff in this uh, Cyber Polygon video. Um, obviously, notable speakers, Klaus Schwab, um, our buddy, what's the guy's name? Woz, Wozniak? Not Wozniacki. Steven Wozniak. Steve Wozniak. Steve Wozniak. Yeah. There you go. Okay. The big fucking, he looks like a, who I actually don't, like, I actually don't, of all, like, the CEOs and presidents and stuff like that, he's kind of like the one that I don't mind as much. He's he doesn't seem like a terrible human being on the surface. Yeah, he seems human. On the on surface. surface. Yeah, um, I watched a little bit of it already and he had some pretty legit stuff to say. Yeah, he does do a little bit of and we're going to get into all this, but he does do a little bit of a double talk, which is a little annoying, but um you know, we're going to get into all that, but uh for the most part he's he doesn't seem like he's a complete and utter piece of garbage. So, let me post these links here. Looks like we're good there. Ba-boom. And, um, all right. So, without further ado, we've got everybody here. Arthur, definitely not Eric Dubay, Grizzly Whisker, Young Human, Diana Rhea, Frog. Who else we got? We got Stat. We got a couple newbies here. Nosferatu, he's been here a couple times. Joey Adams and uh, Red Dracon. Red Dr Dracon. Red Dracon. I don't know. We'll see if this guy even talks. I don't even know who this is. But I lizard person. It's okay. He's just he's li he's listening to the FBI at in real time for us. All right. So, what this is a little bit and first of all, let's um let's bring up this uh let's bring up the uh the Cyber Polygon information online conference. First of all, this was posted by Bison. This is the this is whoever did this, all right? They got a thousand subscribers. It or it has fifty-seven 
uh, upvotes and 106 downvotes, only 5,700 views on it, all right? Now, I would I would first of all, I tried to search, I tried to just search this, and it was very difficult to find just on its own. Like, if you just type in Cyber Polygon, it doesn't really come up. Um, I found this link from, I want to say I found it from InfoWars. Or like band.video, possibly, but I don't remember exactly. It might have actually been from the Sam Tripoli um, uh, chat. So, but Keep in mind they turned off the comments. Turned off the comments. That's the sign of a good shill right there. You knew what was going to happen with that bullshit. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get through it. Ooh. And we're gonna go at double speed here, pretty much. Uh, not double speed, but. We're gonna go at a higher speed because we'll 1.5. Yeah. 1.75. We'll do 1.5 for now. Yeah, okay. it, it loads like if you pause, it will take a while to start back up. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway, so. Everybody doing good? I know that um, the CDC is uh, recommending that we go back to mask mandates. How do we feel about this? Uh, today, I, j I was just at the grocery store before this, and I noticed an uptick in people wearing masks, uh, and they don't have to. Did you? Did you? Yeah, it's... Um, it was not, uh, not good. Close this. Let's close this now. Yeah, you're in... And it's still very, very sporadic. There's definitely more people not wearing them than wearing them. But, yeah, there's definitely an uptick. There's more people wearing them again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when we were in that month, when we were in that month of, uh, when they, like, about a month ago in Los Angeles, like, in June 15th, when they, were, they lifted it the first time, I didn't see anybody over there putting on any fucking masks, dude. Nobody. Now they want to put the hat in the bag, but um, it's going to be a little difficult. Anyway, hi, hi to everybody in chat, and uh, we're going to get going on this video. And again, like I said, we're doing the hard work, so you don't have to. Okay. All right. Approach to cyber security strategies. This guy really doesn't talk about anything really specific. and hacking are global threats that uh, can only be prevented by efforts of the entire international community. In March... 2021, 193 members of the United yeah, Nations you can put them at have uh, a report of the context of international security. Would you say there? The group was established at Russia. You can put them at 1.75. Yeah. Let's do that. For many years, our country has called for a common mechanism of taking cyber threats in the world. Intensive support for this approach indicates that most countries are ready to work together to solve issues of global cyber stability. This opens wider prospects for further cooperation. Colleagues. Today you are discussing truly uh, important issues. I am confident that your ideas and proposals will help solve many problems currently faced by governments and businesses. Together, we can map a safe course of digital development for the humankind for years ahead. I wish you engaging discussions and productive communication. Oh, dear audience. So already, we're already starting to hear some, um, we're doing this for humankind. This is gonna be for, um, you know, for their globalist agenda, right? No, it's for man's kind benefit. He said so. <laughs> yeah, it's all safety and security. They know what's Let me introduce our next you. distinguished guest, whom we are honored to have for his welcoming remarks. 
the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, Professor Klaus Schwab. I didn't know he was the founder of the World Economic Forum until today. Professor Schwab, the floor is yours. Your Excellency, Mr. Prime Minister, Mr. Hermann Greff, dear participants. Oop, sorry, I wanted to do this, the speed. I'm going to go down to 150. Hey, just a heads up on YouTube, it says the stream is offline. Does it now? Okay. We'll go ahead and fix that right now. It says that it, it is to that link, but it is still live. We'll see right now. Thank you. Yeah, this is just so everybody knows. This we're doing. We're we're streaming to Swarmcast for the first time. We were streaming from my channel and profiles before, so there's gonna be a little bit of a um, hiccup possibly. But yeah, this video also is a fucking piece of shit nightmare. Okay. How we look? Stream quality looks good there. Uh, let's take a look here. Man. Of course. Of course this would be happening now, right? Okay. Hold on. All right, this is basically dead air. I'm sorry. Give me one second. I'm trying to fucking figure this bullshit out. Um, let's close this again and reopen it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to see if the streams are live right now, but let's take a look here. Hold on. Let's reopen this. Somebody say something while I'm while I'm not talking. Oh yeah, real quick. So I, I I found the link and we're on. We're still live. Okay. Yeah, we're live. All right. Good. On YouTube. Yeah. Thing. Well, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're live. We're live. We're good. Up on my end. It's yeah. It, it, it's um. Here, here's the link. The actual link to the channel. It might have been the link that I put. Might have been bunk. Um. But here's the actual link. I'll stick that in the Discord channel. All right. Oh yeah. Now it's working. Okay. Good. Okay. All right. We're good. So we're, we're streaming. We'll just cut this part out right here. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, this is the post-production. Post-production. You can just see under the hood <laughs> for now. You gonna look in my pants? I want to shake your pants. I just want to shake your hand. <laughs> okay. Um, what size are those pants? <laughs> All right, now let's go back to fucking Klausy Schwab's. Your channel. History. A.K.A. Santa Claus, A.K.A. Ay, ay, ay. I actually Googled AKA to see Steve if I could buy a foil made of tin. Not foil made of aluminum, right? I actually want tin foil. Oh, that's a good point. Tin foil. When did they change it from tin to aluminum? I think it's because it's cheaper. It's well, a side of money. So, so what if so 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 aluminum? This probably because aluminum doesn't save you from uh, from brainwave attacks, but the it, tin does. Precisely. Wow, precisely. it goes into your brain. That's the problem, I think. Right, it accumulates. You're in not your supposed brain. to cook on it. Yeah. Okay. Amplifies. Oh, I will say. Well, I was using aluminum foil for a little too long, probably consistently, and I still think my brain works. Don't quote me on it. 
in survival is like you have to like you have to like consistently be taking like such a large amount of it to really affect you. We'll have this anticipation. We'll see how we're doing forward to right. Why well, stop using it? That was like it was kind of getting annoying. Extensively uh, regular in manufacturing, transport infrastructure, healthcare facilities. Okay. Government board. Okay, and share the screen now. Hello, I am Klaus Schwabs. Okay. I am going to meet you to eat the insects, please. All right. We got to the Trump presidencies to include uh, insects eating research. Okay, Klaus Schwab. Let's hear what Klaus Schwab initiative. For many years, our country has called for a common mechanism of taking I actually heard that from like an extremist YouTube channel. They were like, yeah, like Trump added some research about eating bugs or something like, and it actually got added into the budget. And I was just like, how are you blaming this on Trump if like, he, right, he accumulates, what, 20% of what goes in the budget? All right, everybody join the, the stream, my stream so you can see where we're at in the video. And then also, I know that Frog, you've got some timestamps, so... Um, you can message those to me or something, or and this way it's uh, easier. So, or you can just verbally tell tell me. For the humankind for years ahead, I wish you engaging discussions and productive communication. Dear audience, let me introduce our next distinguished guest, whom we are honored to have for his welcoming remarks. The founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, Professor Klaus Schwab. The World Economic Forum has been. These guys look like they're just cyber polygons since the beginning. On some bullshit, Professor like. Schwab, the floor is yours. Your Excellency. Yeah, they're like making beats on free loose. Mr. <laughs> <Graf and laughs> participants, it's a great privilege to address you for the second year in a row here at the Cyber Polygon. We have come together today to discuss how we can develop secure digital ecosystems and protect companies, but also societies, from cyber attacks. We must do so with a broader mission in mind to improve the state of our digital. Just yell stop when you want to say something. On the one hand, global cooperation, but also public private cooperation. I'm pleased that we are joined today by Prime Minister Mr. Stin. Dear Prime Minister, global and public private cooperation is really critical to addressing our shared cyber security challenges. We are grateful for the long cooperation which the World Economic Forum has established with the Russian Federation, both with government, but also with the business community. I wish to thank particularly Hermann Graf, CEO and Chairman of the Executive Board of Sparebank, and a committed partner of the World Economic Forum, and actually a member of its Board of Trustees, and a co-founder of the Center for Cybersecurity. We greatly, Hermann, appreciate your leadership in championing cybersecurity across the financial system and across the world. Allow me now to reflect on today's theme which is to develop secure digital ecosystems. It is remarkable how quickly this goal has become so important around the world. Three years ago, we initiated our Center for Cybersecurity at the World Economic Forum. Does he mention, did you just say Cisco, like Cisco specifically? Or is he talking about Cisco like, is he talking about like the company Cisco or SYSCO, like system Run components? I think he's talking, I think he's talking about the company. Security that would make across sense. the financial system and across the world. Allow me now to reflect on today's theme, which is yeah, to develop they don't have digital ecosystems. Oh. It is remarkable how quickly 
this goal has become so important around the world. Three years ago, we initiated our Center for Cyber oh, Security this goal. Reform. We recognized already then this goal. the crucial importance of cybersecurity as a global issue and as a corporate challenge. We did not expect, however, that digital connectivity and cybersecurity would come to support and influence every aspect of our business and social lives, as it has done, particularly in the past year. Digital connections are embedded in our homes, our workplaces, and through operational technology, our critical infrastructure. This connectivity has allowed us to realize incredible efficiency, even in a world where we worked remotely. It is not an overstatement to say that it has enabled us to continue to function during a time of unprecedented crisis. Technology has been central to the way we have collected what do you say? the COVID-19 pandemic. And Did you say somebody say something? I okay. think Bill might have. But a good point to point out, though, is like we're talking about, you know, this landscape of us being all at home and working from our computer. This is what these motherfuckers want. This is a step to get us used to working from our home. So when we get our bugs delivered to us by our drone, along with our, uh, you know, disposable toilet, this is what this cat is setting up, you know? So he's pretty much setting up that landscape. Just wait until how he compares this to vaccinations. It's fucking beautiful. And dastardly. The global crisis. Digital infrastructure made it possible to deliver essential services. It helped business to run. And it helped us to maintain contact with each other. Digitalization I want to see that shit that has gone on the side over here. Some of the major hurdles put in place by the pandemic. But it has also... Are you talking about the artwork? Up to new the terms. book, mostly, but the, the artwork is... Interesting. Like what he's got a so, a painting with a red line on in the bottom of it. Safe, no, like what I'm what I'm looking at from an esoteric perspective is no that statue because it kind of looks like an owl's face, which owl is another symbolic representation of Moloch. But this digital dividend of the not a hundred is fragile. But cyber incidents can undermine online services and looking behind it, right? Of socially or a man innovations. holding so something risk report, that looks like an owl. Cybersecurity failure. Hold on. Online services, and they could derail adoption of socially valuable innovations. The world a doctrine of socially report, valuable innovations includes cybersecurity failure and IT infrastructure breakdowns in its top ten risks. Both. We should be looking at his glasses. See, like if there's any reflection. The implication is clear: a lack of cybersecurity has become a clear and immediate danger to our society worldwide. We have seen in the past few months, for example, ransomware attacks targeting hospitals, critical infrastructure, school systems, the power grid, and many other essential services. The Citizens power grid are feeling the repercussions of cyber attacks directly. Citizens are impacted by energy shortages, delayed medical treatment, and other effects this new breed of a dash of cyber attacks causes. This is not a problem that is easily solved. Ransomware attacks are complex and criminal. He's got the same, uh, eye, he's got the same uh, eyelid issue as your boy Callan over there, huh? Eh? 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 Enterprises are increasing their scale and impact. This highlights the need for a structured, multi-stakeholder, multilateral approach to secure our society against some. 
In this, we must all work together. Governments are in charge of guaranteeing security, but the deep expertise that is needed to develop a secure cyber ecosystem often lies with the private sector. Similarly, just as governments are often pooling the resources which each other through international organizations such as Interpol to fight physical crime, we need more similar collaboration between governments and, I should add, private business to fight cybercrime. The good news is that such public-private collaboration efforts already exist, as we demonstrate today. Recognizing the need to mobilize a global response to the growing cyber threats, the World Economic Forum launched the Center for Cybersecurity, as I mentioned, in 2018. Our center provides an independent and impartial platform to foster collaboration between all members of the global cybersecurity community, both in the public and in the private sectors. Sparebank, together with other companies from around the world, is a founding member and actively involved in our initiatives aimed at addressing systemic cybersecurity challenges and finally to restore and to improve digital trust. During the pandemic, the paradigm shift to a digital way of life has made the role of cybersecurity as a global public good even more pronounced. Good cybersecurity enables business continuity at a time when a single point of failure in only one organization can become a systemic calamity with repercussions for the whole society. Mm -hmm. As our digital landscape expands along with our dependence on it, we need to continuously reconsider and refine our expectations of cybersecurity. Going forward, it must now be one of the first thoughts and priorities that any organization has. It is one of the foundations of business sustainability and continuity in the future. And yeah. it is becoming an important part of every organization's brand and reputation. In this era so talks about his business. in the future, cybersecurity... What was that? His main concern is business. Yeah. Will be the Nothing from the plus. Trustworthy technologies and businesses to help the economy to bounce back from the COVID-19 crisis. Governments, enterprises, but also small business will continue to need innovative ways to build and give access to services. In many cases, this means further connecting services and data, creating completely new digital and expanded digital ecosystems. This demands an understanding of cyber risks these new systems will face and proactive efforts to build those systems with security by design principles in mind okay the early stages of the pandemic yeah this, this is an adoption of large-scale working from home this is where he starts to get into just listen to what he says here he 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 is he he tries to make the he, i'm thinking he's going to try to make the argument that we're going to basically need to make a whole new internet no, and then going into the going into the discussion with Steve Wozniak, that's that's the main topic they talk with uh, Steve is uh, they're like, oh, ecosystems, how Apple versus Microsoft and how they handled both of their ecosystems and how Apple took right. They did hardware and software and that that was a priority of their ecosystem. Like, that's why I wanted to, Charles Schwab's leads into it. Cloud services. And just to point out real quick, and it was about because they threw out all their legacy hardware, which made them less susceptible to security risks. And then if you look at all these recent security hacks, it's like, oh, legacy, com legacy computers, legacy software. People found 
leaks in the physical like equipment basically being old anyway John Teeter at work again the discussion of like who controls the chip manufacturers too oh yeah and 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 we were talking about this it wasn't live but we were talking about I was talking about this saying how I really want to start doing a deep dive on uh, some of these uh, 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 semiconductor companies it's probably the reason why China is trying to invade Taiwan because they've got such big manufacturing of semiconductors there and Malaysia the Malaysian flight that disappeared had the freescale employees from uh, from from Austin Texas that died and a year later surprise surprise um, you know the Baron Rothschild owned the patent now there was an article about it. I don't know how true it is. We got to do the research and do the dive on it, but shady shit, doggy. Seemed transformational at the time, only a few short moments ago. But today, we are witnessing the proliferation of even more ambitious initiatives. So, as for example, the EU proposed digital law that aims to provide a safe way for citizens to access and link public and private services online. If new services are to be adopted, at the speed necessary for long-term sustained economic recovery, citizens must be able to trust that the technologies are of course they do. and that their assets and personal information and data are protected. The principle of trust, therefore, will be absolutely necessary. Finally, one of the lessons of the COVID-19 pandemic is also the notion of resilience. We have to protect ourselves not only against the virus, we also have to develop the ability to withstand a virus attack. In other words, masks are not sufficient. We need vaccines to immunize ourselves. The same is true for cyber attacks. Here too, we have to move from simple protection to immunization. We need to build IT infrastructures that have digital antibodies built in inherently to protect themselves. In conclusion, right, he's, that's like all just speak for we need feds for the internet too. So we can stop your ass. That's exactly what it is. It's like, let's build an internet that like self-governs itself or self-censors itself. And, or, 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 or like just, it, it's, they're, they're going to try and preface this as a, a cybersecurity, but who is it, what is it securing and for who and from what? Is it from, um, is it from these DO, these DDoS attacks? Is it from like these hacks, these or is it going to be from, you know, censoring extremist content? But we want to look, I'm going to go back 10 seconds here. Like the way he fucking says it, just like he, he compares the vaccine to cybersecurity is so shilling. Jesus Christ. Well, and he's we need to blanketing everything for companies too. Like, yeah, big company. he doesn't mean. Oh, like and small businesses too. Top. Even though he says small business. I know. Small business to him. Is that last? How many? 500? Yeah, the small business to him is like a fucking is like a is like a credit union bank, you know. Right. Motherfuckers. Build IT infrastructure too. We have to move from simple protection to immunization. We need to build IT infrastructures that have digital antibodies built in, inherently to protect themselves. In conclusion, I would like to state again Facebook. how essential it is to see the high number of leaders that join the cyber polygon this year. During the course of today, we will test how to work together across organizations, across borders, and across the public and private sector. This is a significant mm-hmm. step in preparing for an even more highly connected, and I hope a highly secure and trusted future. 
I wish you every success. Okay. General thoughts, anybody? Well, um, I guess they are to give us a reason how to defeat this is uh, <laughs> they need our trust. So uh, let's yep. not give them that. They need our trust. They need our leaders to sign on to this thing. Um, they need all of them, right? They need all the global leaders to, to sign on to this and make sure that uh, everything flows seamlessly because one, uh, <clears throat> one chink in the, ch- in the chain can, uh, or chink in the armor can, um, uh, like you said, be disastrous to the rest of the uh, 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 infrastructure or the economy, or not the economy. What's the word that I used? Um, anyway. Ecosystem. Ecosystem. Yeah. Ecosystem. Right? Thank you. Thank you. He was talking about digital law. Like, what do you mean digital law? Like, are we going to have two different laws now? Like, like state and government law? And are we going to have internet law? Like, Across the private and public sector. No, I mean, I mean you hit it. You hit the nail on the the head about the uh, his comparison from vaccines to um, uh, cybersecurity. So basically, what what he wants is um, he wants a, a brand new internet where uh, there are you know T cells, quote unquote, which will be like the police officers of the in, internet. Indian users in India making yeah. sure all your shit censored, sure. Exactly, and they're just going to attack whatever keywords, anything that pops up is going to be attacked immediately, and that's kind of what he's, uh, you know, hinting at. Fuck. This falls in all in line with the White House and Facebook shit. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and, a per- and, like, the fact that this comes out, this is, like, the ultimate dog whistle. This is, like, Klaus Schwab says it, and everybody falls in line. They're like, all right, we got the word. Two long barks. One short bark, two yips and a wolf. A uh, 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 three yips, huh? Oh, yes, 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 three yips. I mean, yeah, also, like, I, I want to address this because there is that extreme side that I, that I found where people are saying that this whole McAfee dead switch, they're claiming him to be a deep agent because they compare him to, like, one of the Illuminati cards when he had, like, that yellow hair. Okay. Yeah. They say that like he's a deep agent because his dead man switch is the perfect excuse for the elite to turn off the internet, right? Turn off just large slews of like those uh, main, like what are they called? The main sector hubs, like that pretty much control all of the traffic for the internet. Like it's a perfect excuse for them to be like, all right, turn it all off. Yeah, they need. They're gonna need a little hard, like. They can only do soft resets for, for so long until they need to really update the uh, infrastructure and then they need a hard reset. Just turn all that shit off. Gagish. And then power it back on, baby. And when you power it back on, all your shit will start updating. And all of a sudden, welcome to the new internet. Welcome to Skynet. <laughs> um, you'll own nothing and you'll love it. Please eat the bugs. Eat the bugs. Eat the bugs. Anyway, do that where we're going to have to communicate with our uh, technology moving on in the fo- in the future. And if we don't say the right things, they're not going to uh, basically follow what we're saying. <laughs> I mean, we're seeing it with the SMS. They want to they want to censor the SMS now, the standard um, standard messaging system, which is fact. <sighs> OK. Cyber Polygon Alexandra. 
These guys kind of don't really say a whole lot. This video, okay, let's watch this video, see if we see any symbolism in it, okay? It's going a little fast, but it's kind of like a generic video. But it's getting. Think about the blockchain technology infographs that you normally see. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so that full body scan that chick was going through, that looks straight out of Elysium. Right. There's a lot of technologies I think they're they're previewing to show us to see their consciousness, and I think you're right about that one. It's especially. a smart city. Join the smart city. Speaking of smart cities, has anyone heard that New York is becoming a smart city? That's going to be something to watch. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I've heard of this. Any theories on this yet so far? Dude, that gamer chair makes him look like such a hacker. Oh, God, I know. Enhance. 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 Okay. Section 342 BA. Enhance. Is that Discord? Is it New York, the first state to mandate vaccines, too. Mm. That's something I don't we know. I mean, I've. Kumia. Uh, Kumia. Uh, Cuomo's been in the uh, in the news lately as of late, but like, I've kind of, I've been, uh, I haven't been following every little detail over the last couple, over the last week or so, but I have seen, been seeing his face everywhere, but like, <clears throat> somebody made a video on Rockfin about uh, Gavin Newsom and Cuomo and how their edicts are starting to come back, but I haven't, um, I haven't dug, done enough, like a dive, but yeah, I mean, CDC is supposed to recommend masks again. So this is probably the thing where everybody's like, we don't know if they're vaccinated or not. So we need the vax pass. Please give it to us. And we know that most of these people that say this shit on Twitter or any social media, they're all fake people. They're not real people. Blue yeah. check marks. Yeah. Some the blue check marks are, might be real, but the, but the, the people or like the people who comment underneath the, the AP or the LA times, those those bots. bots are all those are all fucking bots, bro. Half of them are fucking bots, and I just fight with them bots all day like an idiot. All right, let's see. Ooh, drone. Wow. Ooh, that's pretty fucking creepy. The apex. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I think they're saying way more in this than. Uh, yeah, that's what they want to do. They want to like they want they want one thing to give power to the next. The format of CyberStream will have pressing matters in cybersecurity. It will last for five hours, so bring a second cushion. These are all bartenders, by the way. Revisit any of the segments that you see. Like, all right, we need bartenders. Can you guys come in and just pretend like you're typing? Bartenders and washed-up male porn stars. Yep. This year, we have 200 teams from 48 countries who will test their skills in two very common scenarios. The first scenario is defense. The participating teams, the defending teams, will try to deflect an active attack on a business critical. This looks like a fucking esports competition right now. Yeah. Right above me. In they the do it for uh, news the second scenario is response. Cash prize of two million dollars. Let's go to the teams now and see what they have to say. <laughs> we're the Red Dragons. We're gonna fucking beat you guys. You guys suck. You don't even know the meta right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're now ready to start our first discussion. Ecosystems as a new way of global integration. Mr. Herman Greff, CEO and Chairman of the Executive Board at Sberbank, will discuss this interesting topic with Mr. Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple. They're both online. Gentlemen, please, I will leave it to you to shed light on the future of ecosystems. Steve, let me thank you for joining CyberPolygon today. 
we are truly honored to have you as a speaker. Let's move on the first question to open our conversation. You are very among the first to mastermind the idea of creating an ecosystem around a person with various <coughs> gadgets and units. Apple has been following this strategy ever since, working systematically and growing in a, in the, a tech giant. Did you know from the beginning that the development of an ecosystem model would be best part for Apple? Uh, what were best part for Apple? And what drove Apple to forward? Has the company yeah, this is the guy who like you imagine Apple with Steve be? Jobs. When yeah. you look back, a lot of people go back certain amounts of time. Allegedly out of his basement. Points of time you could call starts of Apple or starts of the ecosystem idea and all that. From the he does start, have gigantic small, nostrils. No, phones, no internet. And, uh, you know, it was just a computer could sit down and do a task. You could program it to do tasks. He's to definitely one of the frog you. people. And it didn't think that much of an ecosystem, but there were a bunch one of the what people. He's definitely the one of the people. Oh. The frog people. Look at the story that yeah. was posted about Kyle Odin. Okay. Uh, apparently, a lot of these people are like frog aliens. Maybe that's why they want us to eat bugs. You know, that's mm. interesting. They want to normalize <laughs> bug eating. No, that's that's really interesting that you mentioned that because if you look at the Manly uh, P. Hall book, um, there's a part where actually it's to his library. On one side of the door is a frog person, the other side is a reptilian, and some people explain that away, saying, "Oh, that's the reptilian mind, and that's the prefrontal cortex." But come on now, I mean, if you look at the the story of the Dagon people, they talked, they said flat out like fish people, like gave them the the knowledge of the stars. So those fish people, frog people? Question mark. Yeah, even if he's not, he's going to suck up all the oxygen and we're all going to die. <laughs> or all the coke, either or. Either way is shitty. Both. The, um, <clears throat> instead of living on living in pods, they live on pads, like lily pads. <laughs> Ribbit. Okay. Yeah, and his nose won't even get fucked up. Yeah, throwing some shade over there. I did all that shit, motherfucker. And uh, instead of hooking a thousand wires up for a year. So this was a big step. And it was sort of an ecosystem because um, software started coming about. So you not only had a computer, but you had a lot of people offering software on their own. And you got used to certain favorite games or programs for storing your address lists or whatever. Small start towards an ecosystem. Other companies like Microsoft came up. All They, they just did hard software and then marketed to a lot of different companies to build hardware. And the experience was never guaranteed and uniform it was different experience depending upon whose hardware you bought and um and then it came to a point in time though with the macintosh see we were building hardware and by building hardware as well as doing this not exactly correct we were higher up in terms of volume of sales numbers of dollars we were higher up on the fortune 500 list of companies and that's true also, um, then they always had a shit ton of cash microsoft, apple because microsoft was growing and catching up to us and it was largely under steve jobs and we said well we are doing the hardware and the software on the Macintosh, so we make it work together better and it's more of a better user interface. We thought of the user. You want to have an experience where things actually work. You have an idea in your head and it's easy to get the right things done. It's intuitive. Oh, you're thinking about the and, user, huh? You know, with other companies, Microsoft, you have to learn everything and whatever computer you buy may not work the same as the other one. So um, that became very important to us to keep this role of kind of building more of the complete system that was needed. Um, we didn't really have that many obstacles. Yeah, sure, uh, IBM entered the market, you know, and they had marketing prowess and kind of started taking the hardware market you know from us but we stayed with with our ecosystem allowed us to have a high profit margin 
because the experience was so good. Microsoft, you know, passed us up just selling software and they didn't bother us. Those weren't obstacles at all. They were actually just, um, you know, points of recognition of why we were going to do what we believed in and the ecosystem was the heart of it then. Today's ecosystem's, you know, much greater, of course. Uh, it's truly amazing how technological progress changed. Got something to say? Uh, in our case, I think that if you look at Sberbank, we are the first bank in the world who start to produce hardware also. And uh, last year we delivered the two of the first hardware products to the market. And uh, for us, it was unusual. And uh, now we, uh, we have a big plan for this year to deliver more products also to our customers within ecosystems. What new risks do you think? Uh, have appeared in the threat landscape both for people and businesses. What has been the experience of Apple? Uh, and what are the most important things that the other ecosystems should think of? Yeah, we form you know, a large ecosystem you know, at Apple and other tech companies um, to enhance the user experience because everything kind of works together. Today, you've got your computers, you've got your smartphones, you've got your watches, you've got your AirPods, you've got the home pods in the home where you can just walk into a room and start talking to uh, Siri, it looks like a fucking in, you know, human eight. language. Um, and so, you know, and, and the problems that come about yeah, is tunnels for those. of the ecosystem don't work the same way as others. So that's I'm a rabbit user, hole right there. I used to doing one thing on the computer and then I move iPhones very different. I move the watch a little. sometimes and you, you detect things, you detect things when different parts of the ecosystem, we aren't in control of the third party apps, for example, and the, and the third party apps might use very different command structures to back up and redo things and, and how to get things done. Also, there are changes over time. Every time there's a new set of updates to something, even if it's the heart of the company, you know, Google or Apple, the heart of their own, their own applications change and uh, new people, young people come in and say, this is just how it is. Great. It works. I figured out how it works. Older people say, oh my gosh, why did they move that? Where did it go? I know what I want to do. I know it must be possible. It's hidden now. Um, so you get into a lot of problems with things being redone constantly. I think the companies hire a lot of technical people that know how to develop the new system, a new part, uh, trying to stretch the ecosystem a little further. Today, we want this um, this uh, fruit app to work with bananas, <laughs> something that simple. And um, so the change- Bananas, is, I called it, dude. He's a fucking ape. Sometimes. Apple in particular <laughs> likes to change very fast and not, and get rid of the old, get rid of the old. And Microsoft- He does look kind of like Seth Rogen and played him in the movie. The threat of um, cybersecurity. <laughs> there were so many holes and cracks and malware in the, in the PC world. So we have better control over it um, because we do all the parts of it, the major parts ourselves at Apple. And, um, it, and it's very pleasant. One of the things is I wanna be a human being. It's probably the children you know, that do the hardest life. work putting and together. Do you just say, I wanna be a human being? It's very pleasant. Run that back. One of the things is I wanna be a yeah, human being. Yeah, run that back. You know, in my life. And, um, it, and it's very pleasant. Uh. One of the things is I wanna be a human being. You know, Whoa. in my life. And Apple, it's very pleasant. One of the things is I want to be a human being. He's a fucking Android you know, ape. And Apple has taken so many steps that said, I can be a human being. I can maybe speak or handwrite to a, to a tablet. And it understands what my human commands meant, what I really want up to a simple level. I can speak to Siri. Siri was not even Apple. It was a third party app for one year before Apple brought Siri in, recognizing. Brought Siri in or bought the fuck out of them. Like banks, it's important for banking institutions to be aware of the trends that are going on, the trends in technology. Okay. He's just admitting that basically they, that banks have like a backdoor to trends. <laughs> Is that, that's what I'm hearing here. Yeah. Pretty much that's what selling data meant. Apple brought Siri in recognizing the importance of it. 
Now, just like, just like banks, it's important for banking institutions to be aware of the trends that are going on. The trends in technology, the ones that are so important, they're going to grow. And, um, and those are easy to spot. Nowadays, though, one of the obstacles is... Damn right, they're easy to spot when you're fucking listening to everybody. It's going to become big and have its own name forever, like Apple or IBM. Those little guys, um, they don't really have that much of a path. Yes, they can develop, <laughs> do something really good that enhances, adds to what computing is today. And they can get acquired by the big companies. Oh, my God. Okay, I, I didn't even catch this this the first time. And it's, this guy is so blatant. He's like, what a piece of shit. Okay, let me, let's run that back. No, again. they're not let's, hiding that, though. Really like, like and then we can own it. Yeah, like you guys yeah, can they, do some shit, known for that. but you can't do anything really crazy. You can make some cool components that we'll just acquire from you, you fucking guys. Yeah, they're also known for like Steve Jobs was known for lowballing people, like bringing people in, like we want to make you a part of Apple, we want to incorporate this, and then like literally giving them the fucking the shittiest price. I mean, like you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs> and then if they ended up coming to an agreement. It would be like he would always it'd be the cruelest lever, like the cruelest amount of leverage so they were they have not been nice to third party yeah acquisitions so one of the obstacles is the little tiny inventor wants to make a company that's going to become big and have its own name forever like apple or ibm those little guys um they don't really have that much of a path yes they can develop do something really good that enhances adds to what computing is today and they can get acquired by the big companies and that's that's an exit strategy it's a way to make money for what they're doing but they kind of get hidden as themselves being an important part of the the eco structure it usually falls under the the name of the bigger company control the developer is what he's trying to say say it again he's trying he's basically saying control the developer like yeah you might be able to buy out the company but if you don't have the person that envisioned the ecosystem like it means nothing. like jack or and or also, zuckerberg and also let's not forget that a lot of these developers their goal is to get acquired their goal is to come it's over true. an idea it's a billion dollar yeah. idea and they just want to sell it and then uh flow it off into the, the sunset elon you know? musk but it but sounds like you interpret it right he's just saying what it is in terms of the industry nowadays like he's just i get it. he's he's saying a, a real yeah he's saying is. a simple truth that a lot of people just don't really want to you know comprehend that, or that's what controlling the ecosystem means that's because that's why i feel like they brought him on because He's basically telling them, like, you need to own the ecosystem. You need to make it proprietary. You need to control the language. You need to control, like, its structure in the infrastructure, right? Like, promote that, you know, sellout Exactly culture. what Apple does. They're the best at sellout. it, too. It all comes well, back yeah, to and the they, sellout and they culture. Promote it. And they promote it because of what he's saying, like, security. Like, it's provided, that actually has provided them advantages. Yeah. You and will own nothing. At one point, well, it's like, is it better that he's coming out and being honest, though? You know what I mean? Because I feel like, uh, I mean, what yeah. he said about having a path forward, where it's like, that's kind of like good, honest advice, where it's like, if you want to be real about the shit, you're not going to create another iPhone. That's like realistic advice. But then yeah. it gets, if you read farther into it and make it more sinister, but like, he's one of the more, like Dave was saying, he's one of the more innocent, like, CEOs and stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't, call it, I wouldn't say innocent. He right. knows way too much. You know what I, he's you a, know what I and mean. He's a, no, but he's a friendly face to put towards. He's a friendly face for nerds to look at and be like, he was a part of history. Yeah. So I'm going to take what he said, says to heart, no matter like how he says it. His delivery is very friendly. The and vibe I get from this whole thing is that he's like, um, he's not malevolent whatsoever. But what he is, 
I get the feeling that he's just compartmentalized to the point where, where he what he thinks he's doing is righteous. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I would agree with that. And w- while simultaneously crushing the dreams of people and making them possibly pivot their uh, their idea of what they want their business to be, being like, well, no, the way he the way he laid it out was exactly how I described it. Was that he's not actually crushing their dreams; he's actually making their dreams come true. Well, in a sense, because but what if what if your dream out there is to make the new iPhone or like to be the next jump in technology, but like you feel like it's too daunting of a task. You know, you're discouraged now. I've spoke. I've I've been in well, circles with people that, that wanted to develop. Hold on, so. hold on, hold on. What did you say, Stat? I've been in circles where people were like, because coming up in the college era around 2012 to 2016, it was the boom of it was the app boom. Everybody wanted to develop an app, and those types of people, everybody just wanted to get acquired. They just wanted to get yeah. their foot in the door, ground floor pitch their idea to some big company and get bought out that was the dream yeah like talking about people who just want to fucking do that 2012 like like the late like the 2008 to like what you're saying about 2016 is like when is like is where like uh silicon valley sort of became like the hollywood for coders basically i'm gonna move to hollywood i'm gonna be i'm gonna make it you know what i mean I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna develop an app and get rich. Yep. All right. Here we go. Because uh, we have, at the same time, uh, all these uh, foreign ecosystems like Google. Apple, I want to just see one of the guys in the background like turn and Candy Crush on and just be like, yeah, I'm just gonna fucking Candy Crush this shit. Uh, Yandex, like Russian Google, is bare. It's hilarious. He <clears> put <throat> a green screen of people behind him working. Of the others. And uh, if you look at our customer base, Sberbank has uh, more than 110 million customers inside the country. Uh, if we look at App Store's uh, Apple Story, uh, Apple Story is much greater. At the beginning of this year, there were more than 1 billion active iPhones, not to mention all other Apple products. Apple Music has 72 million uh, subscribers. Apple TV, I think, uh, over 40 million. Uh, so the amount of data stored in the company's IT systems is uh, huge. It seems ecosystems like Apple know more about people, about their families, friends, environment, tastes, etc., than the people know themselves. How these data help improve Apple's customer experience? How should ecosystems um, protect data of their users efficiently you said that uh, uh, apple has a unique situation because uh, uh, you produce hard and soft and you control everything uh, but i think uh, we have a different situation in, di- in the different ecosystems and uh, data protection uh, from year to year is going up as a first problem for uh, the companies for ecosystems and uh, for the citizens for the customers and uh, I think uh, now uh, I feel this problem like a political problem. And uh, what's, what's your uh, opinion? Uh, a lot of data helps ecosystems to improve the customer experience and to build very efficient customer journey. 
but at the same time, it must be balanced by data protection. What's the right way? A lot of data can always be helpful. The more information you have, the closer you can get to facts and truth. But when data is handled hmm. by people, the people who are making decisions about how that data will be handled, that's where the problems come in, including political um, issues and things like that. It's like, uh, do I want to use it to maximize my benefit as a company, or do I only want to use my control to control that the user experience is good and satisfactory i just want to point out one thing that frog did send me over his timestamps, and one of the notes that he made here was um when data is handled by people leads into a decision of and path of apple has chosen what do you mean by that frog so he he gets into he he then establishes his reasoning for why apple handles user data the way they handle it Yep. which is they exercise a heavy hand in their platform. Because um, all of this speech that he's saying is, like the Russian guy was doing a terrible job. He was fumbling his words because he was trying to say like, he was trying to justify like gathering user data, right? He right. just wanted to avoid bringing that topic up because that's a very NSA-esque topic of collecting data and all this other shit. Right. But it, it's to lead into how to control that data. And then it, he'll get into AI because that's why he brings up, mm -hmm. oh, people are the problem, yep. right? Yep. People have a political leaning. Yes, that that's coming up right now. Yes, I, I'm not. I'm marked this down too. In that second path, very much they come out, or do I only want to use my control? That's where the problems come in, including political um, issues and things like that. It's like, uh, do I want to use it to maximize my benefit as a company, or do I only want to use my control to control that the user experience is good and satisfactory and users are happy and apple has chosen that second path very much they come out constantly and take stands against um you know monitoring you down to the individual so you can be advertised to selling the data to others apple has taken a stand very much of protecting your privacy you pay two dollars a month for icloud and you can mm -hmm. post your pictures and share them share them in albums and uh and discuss the pictures but you don't it's a good place to share your news <laughs> There aren't, it isn't being sold Straight to a lot of advertisers. Up. And I think that's a, a very notable approach. I wish that other ecosystems, you know, partly, largely Facebook, but also Google, I wish they would just say, you can pay a certain price and we will not use any personal data about you, who you are, by your name, by your, your um, government numbers. We won't use any of that information and pass it along to others. We will, um, we'll, we'll give you a good product. Why don't you sell a product? We used to buy things and products are things. We'll sell you a good product for a certain price. And they never do that. They never come around and say, yeah, we'll charge so much a month and you'll be protected for privacy. Um, that's We did not expect that when we started this industry. We didn't expect it would go in that form. We expected it was going to be good products are worth money. That's how you make your profit. When Facebook started, you had all these great ideas. You can communicate with all your friends and share data and have groups of friends and, and talk about things among yourself. They didn't start Facebook in a dorm saying, oh, we're going to monopolize. Mm, yeah, they did. Um, selling people's interest. He's right about that. They definitely didn't start it in the door, motherfuckers. Yeah, they started at the fucking Pentagon, you cocksucker. Mother... We just started in the dorm saying, and then Snopes will come back and it's like, uh, mostly true. While, um, you know, while uh, Facebook was started in the dorm, it was not started for nefarious reasons. Anyway. Snopes is busy you know, stuffing pizza down their face. <laughs> Oh. Dick. about a person selling it to others so they can be more directly approached 
Now, there are some good aspects. Look inside of Apple with all the data we collect that you mentioned. And we know a little bit more about, well, which maybe which um, products are having problems or where is a trend, where, what sort of thing do our users want more of and address that. Uh, but we don't, you know, um, you know, get it down to notifying individuals. We just look at, you know, how many people are using a certain app? Is it growing? Maybe we should um, uh, you know, tighten the belt or some app usage is, is going down. People are buying more of the home pods, you know, we can address those and kind of satisfy the market in more of a general sense. I'm a creative person and I'm, a, I'm just a person in the world, but creative people don't want you, a big company, to here's what you're going to say next. Here's what you're going to open your mouth and here's the words that are going to come out. Here's who you are. You know, it's almost like who you are is the memories of your life. That's more who you are as a person than anything wow. else. Wait a minute. We're storing wait, all wait, our wait. memories, you know, in places like Facebook. So all our memories are out there in the cloud and shared. And that's why the cloud does know more about a person than the person knows about themselves. It's all it's all out there permanent. You can't even remember as many Damn. things as, as uh, the cloud does. And, and Okay, Frog, you, uh, you marked this point down too. And then we'll let you, uh, I want you to give your opinion and we'll it, open it up. This is something I always talk about because people don't realize that if a company wanted to be malicious and kind of figure you out as a person, what's to say that they can't run AI on your messages, on your blog posts? Right. What's to say that they can't hire a professional to figure out like what your mental psyche is like? This is just him opening up the door, like because he even said it earlier where he's like, we'll even investigate you down to the individual to see your user experience. And it's like, dude, it. Yeah, right. And he's being extremely honest because he said that um, companies like Facebook, companies like Google, who's to say they're not doing that? Because he's he mentioned very succinctly that Apple does not, you know, send their data to anyone else, but he didn't say the other ones did. Right. Yeah. This is exactly what Ray Kurzweil is talking about, trying to resurrect his father. He's taking all the information he has, feeding it into a program to output it. Right. They're and, doing the same thing right here. Yeah. And especially with people who do podcasts, like someone like Joe Rogan, they will have some type of AI. Well, Joe Rogan will be a fixture in podcast AI life forever. Oh yeah, Joe Rogan has said enough words that <laughs> they could they could indefinitely have a Joe Rogan show. But, like God. this is a very unpopular opinion, but like it leads into why I don't like Snowden. Like Snowden was just a, a case point to take away until it like the data like the data collection. People think that it's the NSA collecting the data. No. The NSA has to ask Google. It has to ask Apple, Microsoft. All of these bigger companies are the ones collecting the data. The NSA only has access to the search data quarry, like the, the tool for searching. That's why CrowdStrike was used to spy on the Trump candidacy. Because CrowdStrike only has access to the NSA data search like I like the the service of data search coring the NSA data collection points but it's companies like Apple that do the data collection boom interesting interesting yeah like they they have to they basically call it they basically say that the NSA couldn't act the they can they can basically search through all the metadata but they don't Probably because they don't really even have access to it. Yeah. 
Bada boom. That's why, I, that's why I thought the whole Tucker Carlson getting spied on by the NSA was so bullshit. Because I'm Tucker. like, any communications leaving America or coming into America from a foreign state are immediately uh, like viewed. They're immediately looked at. Like That's why it's impossible to be a hacker in America. It's easier you, for you to be outside of America and hack into America, right? You won't get caught that way. But if you hack in America, like, and the laws are hella severe. Yep, well, I did an episode. Go on. No, no, I was going to say, they get you, they recruit you, and tell you to do the thing for, um, you know. Okay, here we go. And so that's one of those... Um, you know, just warning signs, but there are choices. The people who run these big um, ecosystems can make choices, you know, and say, think, if it were me and I were a person, what would I want? What do all the users really want? And then what do I need to do to make a profit I love how and have he... a better balance? But if I were a person. I love that. That's the best part <laughs> about all this. I was going to say that too. I love, if I were a person. If you I run was that a... back, Dave. Oh my God. It's, he keeps saying it too. Can make choices, yeah. you know, as uh, the cloud does. And, and so that's one of those, um, you know, just warning signs. But there are choices. The people who run these big um, ecosystems can make choices, you know, and say, think, if it were me and I were a person, what would I want? What do all the users really want? And then what do I need to do to frogs. and have a better balance? But it seems to go. I want flies. In capitalist world, almost always towards whatever will maximize profit. Um, and there's differences between companies. So can um, I say I'm something? just glad to be a part of Apple. And Apple Please do. Uh, Next time, just say stop and then I'll go. And then you go, you go, go on. On a psychological level, like one of the very first, well, one of the easiest signs to someone who's a narcissist is they'll tell that they'll tell you that they know you better than you know yourself. Not Ooh. because they actually do, but because they don't view people as being real human individuals. They see them as like tools or copies of themselves. Subjects. Exactly. And you can't be a sociopath or a psychopath without being a narcissist. I'm just, I think these people are fucking crazy. See, I, I'm so conflicted here because already I, I did kind of like um, Wozniak, Wozniak. Wozniak going into this. And <clears throat> part of me wants to sympathize with what he's saying or maybe empathize in the sense that it's, it's, he's clearly whistling to cor big corporations but he's not necessarily pandering directly to them. He's kind of being persuasive in... in okay, because you got to understand, like, this video is not meant for us to be watching. This video is meant for, you know, people who are... Who, in the know. In the know to have their assistants watch it and write notes and, like, come back and be like, all right, this is what we got to talk about now. <clears throat> and this is, like, he, he's sort of maybe... Sugar maybe cut. maybe maybe he's pleading maybe he's pleading to the to the to the elite saying look be a person be a normal fucking person don't be don't be a lizard person and um be have some sympathy in your life maybe but that's being mm. extremely optimistic the way i see it like it's it's very esoteric like they put people like steve wozniak because steve wants to say the truth it's like uh i'm going to just spell it out to you but the reason why they put somebody like him is because it relieves them of karmic debt. Like it yeah. relieves. Yeah, right. Because he's such a, um, because he's such a likable guy and he's big and cuddly. He hasn't been, he hasn't been in the public, um, 
like quite like Steve Jobs, but we know of him. I mean, Seth Rogen played him in the fucking movie with uh, Fassbender. <laughs> <laughs> so funny I mean? if he is like their mouthpiece because before he was saying like people don't want you to tell them what to say next and yeah and i that's mean probably what he's doing well amy people- amy in the chat agrees with you diana ria that um yes she's 100 percent right extensions of themselves you are people, correct people like him too they like frogs tr- tr- right he like he wants to tell the truth because he is i mean and I want to uh, touch on what Diana said about him being a narcissist. If you create, if you were one of the co-finders at Apple, you would kind of be narcissistic as well. As, but I don't, I don't get that like creepy sociopathic vibe from him. You know, I don't, I don't know if, if yeah, if you're everyone not else is getting to. That's yeah. the whole point of being yeah. a narcissist. Yeah, and that's, they train that's themselves to say the right things. They train themselves to like act accordingly. And Frog is right, you know, they do want to put that message out there to relieve that karmic debt, and they do that all the time in that process, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it multiple times, it's called the revelation it's of the method. One. Yeah, and you know, it's, it, it, you can't really, maybe from this angle, he might be wearing a, an earpiece on the left ear, I'm not really sure, but oh, you no, never get an AirPod in. You never. Yeah, I, I, I noticed it um, when I was watching it. You never do see his right ear. Yeah, yeah. Who kind of keeps it like a little away from the camera? Was his nose always like that? <laughs> I don't know, dude. He must be getting some of that dank, dank. Bro, like, cause now I'm thinking like he's just like uh, like one of those bots you like, cloning you out when you, when you went on like the Pirates of the Caribbean uh ride. <laughs> He's just like a fucking bot. Yeah. Right, so here we go. You know, even supporting um, uh, uh-huh, diversity. Uh-huh. I mean, we were the first Silicon Valley company to have equal pay for equal work by gender. You know? And uh-huh. Here we go. These are kind of like the things, but we treat really our customers the same as we treat our employees um, in that regard. And we don't want to have, like, favorites. We just want to make good products and sell them. Mm. We want good slaves. For... He fumbles We're this. Hashtag nice guy. Uh, and what what I think in this case, you are a um, technological fan. Uh, you are a fan of technologies. I'm also, frankly speaking, I strongly believe that technology can bring us a lot of values and uh, make our life much more uh, efficient and mar- much more interesting. Uh, but if you look at the future, we, we could say that uh, one of the technologies which we have now I mean, AI uh, has a completely different uh, influence than um, many of uh, technology, uh, technologies in, the, uh, hi- in our history, because it's only one technology which have ability to hack the people. And uh, we lose so hack the pickle. It's uh, pickle Rick. (laughs) Fuck. I'm a pickle. Just social engineering. uh, Oh, I want to hear. We lose privacy. We can't uh, have a private life in our in in the cities, Uh, and uh, it's a big player. Also, uh, if you speak about the. Uh, a lot of data. I think that the states have also a lot of data. And um, uh, in this case, 
many people worried that AI uh, will change completely our lifestyle, our habits. And uh, maybe we are not prepared for that, to change in such a short period of time all our habits. What do you think about it? What do you think about AI technology? One of the reasons that I like to follow technology, new gadgets, new companies doing different things are that they change the way we live our lives. And you look at something like, um, like Uber, you know, that didn't exist. And uh, look at just taking your phone and making a reservation, ordering some food, telling a restaurant you'll be there, you know, setting up a time. All these things we really couldn't do. Oh, he's definitely got an earpiece in the left that. one. AI is very different. But he needs to be able to hear, obviously. Uh, people interpret it as artificial intelligence but it is not intelligence at all. It is not like a human brain at all. Um, you study psychology and you'll find out we don't know anything about how the brain is really wired. And um, AI is just the state of the art of computer technology. For example, if you play a game, if a computer sits down and plays a game 1 billion times looking for what works and what doesn't, they will get better than a human at that game. No human could play a game a billion times and remember all the results. So it's just that technology is always faster and makes us more capable than we were. Um, the wheel did that. The wagon did that for human beings. The hammer made us able to do things that we couldn't do without it. So it's only the highest state of the art of computer technology. And I don't like the word AI. Now, AI usually breaks down to two things. One, I just pointed out. Computers can just try every everything possible, you know, billions of times because they're so fast. Or B, neural networks can, can more efficiently make um, sense out of patterns of data. A lot of data is coming in, like to our eyes. How do you know your eye picks, that's a box and that's, that's a, an air conditioner and that's a pole. How does your eye, your brain do that? That's, um, that's a cognition step and that's another side of AI and it can figure things out. You can show Google 80,000 pictures of dogs and Google can now recognize a dog faster than any human. Is that intelligence? No, a one year old infant, you can say that's a dog and they know that the dog has these limbs that are kind of hard and kind of soft and they rotate and they, they know that the dog has eyes and a brain and sees where it wants to go. The infant knows what a dog is. Google only knows how to recognize pixels and say that must be a dog and doesn't know what the real dog is. So we fool ourselves a lot about uh, AI being truly smart. Now, you can't have ethics and values and protect people that should be protected with AI unless it is ethics and values. You know, sometimes you have to lead a human life. I've been driving a car. Again, sometimes you got to lead a human life. I, uh, I said right there, man. Right after you know, he talks about ethics and values, Tim. Uh, so right, right up here, he's going to get to talk about uh, self-driving cars. And then what you always get into with self-driving cars is the classic trolley problem. Like, I mean, if you have two people tied up on this track and then one person on this track, do you switch it? Are you the asshole? Oh, yeah. Switching it? You know, like all this shit. The, yeah, the paradox of... Um... Do you save? Do you save five people to kill one person? Yeah, or, or are you the asshole because you pulled the lever? You know? Yeah, you're not mm. God, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. de that's definitely going to come up. Like, do you think? Uh, do you honestly think Elon Musk would have all this Tesla self-driving shit without programming into it, like to avoid him? That would be retarded. Ooh, if you interesting. Did. Yeah, you know, I'm a, and just as a slight side note, and I don't know if you guys have any other information about this, but I, but I, I was reading even directly from Elon. I think they were saying that like they they use the they use the a lot of the self driving cars 
um, to to collect data on like physical data on like landscapes and everything. I mean, well, yeah, they all they all have cameras on them. Yeah, you go on Reddit, you can see a uh, hundred posts a day of fucking Tesla videos. It's all Tesla car car videos. That and Russian yeah. dash cams. Yeah. And uh, the, the, you know, the, I also feel like the Russian dash cam thing was sort of like a way for Russia to deal with um, stopping the flow of information by just overloading everything with just car videos. <laughs> just nonstop. I mean, it could be, but it has to go, I mean, it boils down to insurance. And that's basically yeah. what we're getting to here now. Like, I got shit stolen from me, and without a video, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You have metadata and shit. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. Plus, anything under, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, anything over a thousand, anything under a thousand dollars, Antifa can steal it. Here we know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. You know, self-driving and all this type of stuff, and all I found was that what they call AI in that car is just totally insufficient, totally dangerous. The dumbest driver in the world wouldn't make mistakes that it makes constantly. And you don't really know these things unless you drive a lot. But my wife and I drive a lot. You know, we just finished a 3,000. We're normal trip, people. And we've done that so many times. Um, and you learn a lot of things that we don't eat babies. A little different. The, the car can't handle it. You know, it's great when it sees what it knows. It can handle it. Um, AI can only be trained for certain things. And this is, you know, a problem is we shouldn't start pushing technology into areas of kind of thinking for us, especially thinking for itself. Um, AI in a state of computer technology, you, you did briefly mention um, cybersecurity, I think, and, you know, hackers, the word hackers. People can get it. I mean, hackers can mean somebody just works and works day and night to make a program perfect. But hackers also, you know, that try to penetrate systems and um, look at the ransomware attacks we've had recently. They're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And thefts of data from big companies are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, this is a huge concern. And, you know, trying to fight it, um, I don't know. I hope what we call AI, super security te technology, can look over things. Um, I know there's one company, there's a, a CoinHeco in Singapore, and they actually take all the secure data that's important of your cyber holdings, your bank account, but they put it in a very cold storage area. Only small amounts of it are even out there accessible on the internet. You know, you need this kind of thinking and these approaches. We don't have a machine that sits down and says, what could I do to improve the world? No, we kind of tell it, follow these patterns and you'll learn a certain task that helps improve the world. So machines thinking for themselves is a very bad concept. They run on algorithms. I like to call AI algorithmic idiocy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, this, okay, he's positioning himself right now, I feel like, because Apple is in developments of a smart car also, aren't they? Where they're going to try and uh, battle um, Tesla maybe in the future. They're, they're saying they're probably still about 10 years away from that. However, this is him sort of um, maybe hedging a little bit of what he's saying to to um make sure that you know he they that apple is in the correct is in the best position to to um i mean he does test. bring it up he talks about neural networks and how like the current standard is um using like a neural network pattern-esque uh recognizing thing that's why google has like it's uh like it could recognize what it is because I think it's using its um I think what's currently using it is its image search engine, right? Where you just drag and drop an image into it and then you can like search every other place where that image is also on. Yeah, reverse search. Yep. 
Most people don't even know that thing exists. So all the Macs, all the Macs since I think the when they, I put out the iPad Pro that was a couple of years ago, I think all the Macs since then have neural engines in them. So what is that? I know. What my, does that mean? It's it's basically that's what he's talking about, like using a, you know, having a neural network built in the computer and machine learning and being able to like basically learn off of your workflow and make adjustments and. It's, it, yeah, it is, it's already got, they've already been incorporating machine learning into their interface. That's arguably, too, why they're able to get so much of a, of a good output for performance on their hardware on the new M1 Max. Because, again, I'm, I'm running at 8 gigabytes of RAM, and it runs, like, it runs better than my 32. It's on a different chip, but that distribution is achieved, I think, through this machine learning. Okay. And they are working on a smart car. That is definitely yeah. a thing. Okay, here we go. Steve, thanks a lot for uh, your answer. Uh, let us turn to the topic of technologies. Uh, they really are the future. Let's take an example of digital ID and the biometrics uh, that are also widely used in ecosystems. Uh, we, we use them extensively in Zber. And uh, Apple is at the forefront of all these innovations. Uh, sometimes ago, 2JD became a real breakthrough in authentication. Now Face ID allows us to unlock a device, unlock the device with uh, just one glance. Could you even imagine such progress 45 years ago when you created Apple? And what's next? Do you think there is a limit for to the potential of technologies that uh, can be applied to the devices uh, which we use daily. Sure. 45 years ago, the amount of memory that would hold a song cost close to a million dollars. Did we ever imagine having lots of music available to you? Well, Moore's Law is an exponential growth in technology, and it would predict such a thing in 45 years, but you never know, is Moore's Law going to last five more years and die? die out. So you never, you never really can predict that far ahead. There's no way to capitalize on it anyway. Now we have, um, the, you know, you think about, oh, looking at your face, the amount of memory that would hold a picture, you know, of a face would even hold one picture was unaffordable in early days. So of course we didn't foresee this future, but we kept taking steps towards it. Steps towards doing more and more and more with the processing and having more and more memory available and graphics and photographs and movies and all that. So we're here now. Now I'm very proud of Apple because we got- Oh, that's a bullshit argument. All right, all right. So, like, they always try to say this, like, "Oh, we couldn't foresee this amount of memory." Like, of course you could. Like, that it's a natural progression. It's a, kind of the same thing as the Second Amendment arguments of how they, oh, the founding fathers that had muskets couldn't foresee automatic machine guns. Of course they fucking could. Da Vinci saw that shit before the founding fathers were even fucking born. Yeah, he had sketches of crazy shit like that. And I mean, what what the fuck is science fiction? Like science fiction, a lot of it's become science fact in some way, shape, or form. It's it's all it is. A, it's a prediction based on the current dynamics of whatever situation you're in. It's not like too like nothing that's been developed is that insane. Like, do you really think it's that insane that we can hold a thousand songs on an iPhone? No, because we've been working at it for 20, 30, 40 fucking years. 
Can I ask you a question real quick? Please? Um, no, so, fuck uh, you. So how come, uh, like, why Steve Wozniak? Why is he on here? I know he was, like, I know he was, like, one of the founding Apple guys. He invented a bunch of their patents. And then, I mean, I don't follow this dude. I know he, like, parted ways with Apple at one point. Uh, maybe in the 80s, and then yeah. I'm guessing he's like a huge shareholder, and I mean, obviously Steve Jobs is dead, but I'm just kind of curious why him? Like, why are we hearing from him? I think it was the friendliest face they could put to it, you know, when you're rocking uh, Klaus Schwab first. <laughs> right? You got Dr. No as your spokesperson. You're going to have to have a friendly albino ape be your spokesperson. <laughs> Dude, he has that That's Alex good. Jones bod. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with uh, uh, Nosfratu. It's like um, he's kind of <clears throat> he's like a he's 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 in a power position. He's a former CEO of like a gigantic company. He's he was a co-founder with like a person that the tech people absolutely adore. Like Steve Jobs might as well be a fucking god to some of these people. And <clears throat> again, he's probably either so out of the know of what all this actually is doing or he's like you know he just there's there's so many there's so many scenarios you don't we don't even know like he he could be one of these guys that are just like he doesn't fucking he doesn't he doesn't know that there's you know the occult out there and they're eating babies you know what i mean like that that's that's not on his radar nor is like trying to shill for any fucking company. Maybe they just, they just, they wanted him because like, hmm, World Economic Forum. Oh, I know Wozniak. I, I, yeah, you know what? Uh, let's get Amazon in there too, or whatever the fuck. You know, whatever your business is. Well, I mean, he's obviously a dwarf, and they're resistant to magic. So, <laughs> I mean, no, magic there's something resistance. to that, dude, because he's compartmentalized to the point where he can be, and he doesn't give off nefarious vibes at all and he's a and he's a think about it the good majority of the world is operating on a apple or windows system dude and if you're in that world dude you know who steve wozniak is you know steve jobs is a is a household name and if you've been paying attention a modicum for the past 20 years you know who he is and right. they needed a face like that because if they did this whole polygon Whatever the fuck, without a guy like him, come off really, really crazy as well. All right, let's keep going. Things out there wanting your password, not only for every app you ran, but for every service that you had online with the internet here. And uh, Apple came about and came up with Touch ID. It looks at your fingerprint, but not like a picture. It looks at the three-dimensional grooves in your finger, and it was a reliable one. And you say, oh my gosh. Every other oh, smartphone company followed and did the same thing after Apple. Look for the leaders in this. And what did it lead to? Payment systems. The easiest payment system in the world in my life is Apple Pay. And app with Apple Pay, um, Google phones had, by the way, they had a way to tap your phone to pay for things a couple of years before Apple did. But I bought, it, I bought the one Google phone that would do this. It had to have a certain chip in it. And I wanted to experiment because I like to experiment with new technologies. And I found out that I had to unlock the phone, type in the passcode to unlock it. Then I had to find the app, a certain app. And then I had to run, choose a credit card and type in the PIN number of the credit card. And then I could tap and pay. Come on. That's true. It's so much easier. But then Apple, what Apple did was you held out your phone. You didn't even turn it on. Hold it out to the reader. 
a picture of a credit card pops up and show your fingerprint, beep, and it pays. So easy. Now it's even easier on the watch, which knows you that you're wearing that watch. You can double click and tap and pay. These payment systems. Well, after Apple did that, easy to use, tap to pay. Sure, Google and Android and all the others, they came on board and did the same thing. You know, so it's, you know, you have to think, what are real human problems? What are real things that humans do a lot? And your company you guys, should be saying, let's go solve it now. Solve those things now. And, Apple um, Pay and, is and there's, a, there's a very big difference in, in how far companies go. Um, now, there's a, there are issues in the world, though, like facial recognition has really come to be. In early days, it was very crude and almost unusable. And now it's actually much better, but it's being used almost everywhere. I mean, a camera in your car is doing facial recognition for good reasons, you know, see where your eyes are looking. But everywhere you go, you're walking by cameras in some places um, and, uh, you know, and being watched. And I know China has a huge reputation for that, especially around uh, mm -hmm. the centers of Beijing. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but I do know one thing. How do you stop it? You can't stop it. You know, you know if it's good or bad. Motherfucker. So many ways. Don't lie. And he just doesn't want to cry like John Cena. That's the point. Government regulation saying it can only be used in good, appropriate ways will happen. In, in our country, the United States, I don't think we're ever going to uh, limit it to only being used in good ways. Just because almost always our system is basically favoring the producers over the consumers. Right there. Thanks. See, that's why I said favoring the producers. Mm -hmm. Favoring the producers over the consumers. Karmic debt. It's kind of funny he mentions China because they were having a lot of problems with facial recognition with uh, Chinese people. <laughs> well, one of the things that I did hear about uh, Facebook more recently about their facial recognition is that they know that it's getting better and they don't know how or why, but they know oh. that it's getting better. <laughs> that, Isn't that someone getting paid enough to know better or know why it's getting better? I mean, that goes back to the the whole thing with quantum computing and saying they put information in a black box and then information comes out and they don't know what the fuck happened. So what if if it's going somewhere else? Like what the fuck are we living in? Good question. Uh, all right. Thank you very much. And, uh, as a matter of uh, interest, Steve, how did you first start inventing? Was it a good education that helped your love of technology uh, grow? Or was it something else? Maybe it was a part of your DNA. What do you think? There are times that you feel after, after the fact that it's part of your DNA, whatever you become. I think it was just the books that I read, the TV shows I liked, talking with certain friends of mine, and we knew electronics, and we shared electronic stories and built little inventions. I was tops in math and science in my schools. So that's a good start because I had skills to actually build things, buy some parts, hook wires onto them, solder them together, and make devices that I built a transmitter and a receiver and had a ham radio license at 10 years old. So I had an early start. What you discover that you're good at is what you value. That's what you say. This is good and important in life. He loves ham. I was good at electronics, and I stumbled into digital when it did not exist. He's fucking good at no ham. No classes in any school, no books, no books in the bookstore, no magazines about digital and computers and what was inside of them. It was just a word like rocket science, but I stumbled onto accidental discoveries, findings, and a company that let me have a manual once, and I discovered what was inside of them, and I just started teaching myself how to build them. Never thought I'd have a job doing it. I knew I'd be an engineer, electrical engineer, but engineers built the old analog things, televisions, radios. They didn't build computers. Computers were done by, in weird places called research, or computers were done in the military. And I wouldn't, I didn't think I'd do it, but I taught myself how to design computers so well over and over and over, weekend after weekend after weekend. Why? It was in my heart. It was a passion. 
and putting the time in and the hours into that direction um, gave me skills and the skills that were needed. Now to be the inventor type, an engineer can be very good at designing things and finishing projects, but an inventor has an idea. Hey, wouldn't it be neat to do this or build this device? An idea pops in the head. I can make a carburetor on an airplane work better, you know, and then goes into a laboratory and starts hooking a few things together to try to prove the concept and get up to some kind of, you know, demonstration, some kind of um, um, model project. And I was that kind of person. Everywhere I went, I just wanted to build little things for fun to show off to my friends, you know, whether they made lights flash. I eventually built a Pong game and then I designed um, a breakout for Atari. And these were fun projects, built a little terminal. I heard about the ARPANET, which was six computers. Now we have billions of computers on the internet. The ARPANET started with six computers and I could type to them and reach them. And the only way I could do it was because I owned a television set and I knew enough about analog television technology and digital to create the signals to put balls and paddles on that TV. And I don't know, it was just, I was, I think it was the development of my skills piece by piece by piece and a 10 year period where magic could flow out of my head for ideas that I could actually create, you know? And uh, I love being an inventor and other inventors that I speak to in the Inventors Hall of Fame, for example, exactly. What was that, Gross? What was that? I was just saying, I didn't know he created Breakout for Atari. That was actually kind of like a groundbreaking like video game. That's where there's like the thing going at the bottom and you bounce the ball back up yep. to the top and to break all the bricks i just didn't oh, know he made oh, could you yeah. run the could you run the um the video back 10 seconds he said something weird i want to rehear it about analog television technology and digital to create the signals to put balls and paddles on that tv and i don't know it was just i was i think it was the development of my skills piece by piece by piece and a 10-year did i go far enough i yeah hold on I i'm not sure let's go back go a little back further quick. yeah, yeah in the head i can make a carburetor on an airplane work better you know and then goes into a laboratory and starts hooking a few things together to try to prove the concept and get up to some kind of you know demonstration some kind of um, um model project and i was that kind of person everywhere i went i just wanted to build little things for fun to show off to my friends you know whether they made lights flash i eventually built a pong game and then i designed um, a breakout for atari and these were fun projects built a little terminal i heard about the arpanet which was six computers now we have billions of computers on the internet the arpanet started with six computers and i could What's the ARPANET? ARPANET was the predecessor of the internet, developed by DARPA. Uh-huh. How did he get access to that? Okay, so he's part <laughs> of the group then, yeah. Wow. Yep. I mean, yeah, for someone at that age in that time period to, to all of a sudden to have access to the ARPANET, that's fucking sus. Because back then, besides the military communications, it was only used uh, for the banking industry. So, um, you know, it's pretty funny. Well, he says that. He's like, he's like, you know, people, engineers build TVs and radios, but like computers were built by the military or in like weird walking research labs. Yeah, and he, he, he said that he was the idea guy too. And I think the reality is like, if, that they, they pick up child prodigies and people that show talent early. So it doesn't 100%. like, it wouldn't surprise That's... me if they're like, okay, this kid already codes games. He's already like way ahead of the game. Let's give him access to this test net and see what he can do. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, especially we talked about that before. Stage. Would you say deaf? Well, especially at that stage, there's so few people that are going to be on this. Like he said, there's only six fucking nodes. Like if he's one of the few people that know how to do this, they probably don't even have any security yeah. measures. Really? He, like, the way he says we only had six computers on ARPANET. Well, I think he was talking about, too, like, using the analog TV signal and modifying that to reach the ARPANET also. So, yeah, like, maybe he fucking got in. He probably got in maybe on his own and, like, 
without asking permission too like that's possible like they probably aren't expecting some kid to figure out like oh if you modify this frequency you can actually use a signal to connect to this network yeah what's that mainly with the phone number with well there's a movie about like a 90s or 80s movie like where the kid figures out this secret phone number and shit Oh, war, games. war games with Matthew, mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick. Uh, yeah. Would you like hey, to play a game? Me and Arthur were talking earlier too about how if you know what you're doing, you can create, you can connect to the internet via ham radio signal earlier too, which is funny. Yeah. he was saying like, yeah. yo, I was basically a licensed operator at ten, so he probably knew that that oh, you can broadcast signals, you can do all types of shit, connect to different yeah. networks. Um, Wait, isn't that so isn't like, that a, a It makes sense. Isn't that Isn't a what? That a scene what? in the Transformers movie where like they they run over to a radio, they turn it on, and then they figure out that they don't have a microphone. So like the chick runs over to the computer and tells the computer guy like, "Hey, do you think we can hook up this computer to that radio yeah. to send out just a basic like more Yeah, like a very phone. like a very small packet. Yeah, um I I rem- I do remember what you're talking about. They and and um yeah, I mean like ham radios are are capable of making those you know those mesh networks with just like very minimal um trans transmit transmission tools and you basically can connect you know hundreds of miles with by spacing out these nodes to connect this mesh network yeah you can do bitcoin that's what crypto on it People have said shit about Apple forever about like being some devices connecting the internet that shouldn't like if you have like a 3G or like whatever. There's like over time you I've heard about people having like devices that shouldn't be able to connect to the internet or connect to a network but are able to through various wireless means. And there's an argument to be made, especially with this dude being like a ham radio aficionado as a kid, that Apple's really put in an effort to set up a mesh network of devices. And if you think about it, being like the number one or two supplier of electronics, like the idea that you, they actually already is like a mesh network around the planet because there's so many fucking iPhones everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea that you, that at the age of 10, um, he had access to this ham radio stuff is like a little out there too, because, um, they're, they're not like the easiest things to get even nowadays. You, like I said, like he even said, you need a license and, um, Fucking That's the plot of contact. Yeah, he even says it. He even says it where he's all like, "Yeah, they kind of did it with the TV shows that I liked, with the books that I liked, right? Like the media he was ingesting was gearing him towards this kind of like path." Yeah, when well, his family back then, is back then, it was way different than it is now. Like you had to order the magazines, you had to like go. Yeah, on. you weren't getting it in a Kellogg's box. In other yeah. words, yeah, order I your ham radio it. with your decoder ring. You know, it wasn't like that. I still think it just goes to the point where it just proves what we've been talking over about the last few uh, episodes is, yeah, I definitely think that they do take these young minds and, uh, you know, like, like I said, like Ted Kaczynski, Oppenheimer, uh, who else were we fucking talking about the other night? Probably even Ray Kurzweil. It's just really interesting. And then they put them into these positions. You know, it's, I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, humble 10 year old, you know, programmer, you know is a super genius. It's, it's more likely that he got picked up on someone's radar and they put him in a position where, yeah, he could use his brain for maximum benefit. You know, they're yeah, not right. going to be able to develop another, um, computer again. Cause they're, they're setting up these ecosystems where we can't. So it's, 
It's just interesting to see it kind of, you know, go to you this. can give people a skill set, but you can't give people the drive like some of these people have, right? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I would say it's interesting too that he, you know, he's at the ground floor of Apple and the founding and all this, and then he gets into it, I believe, with Steve Jobs in some form or fashion, and leaves the company, and then he comes back in 2019. Like, for a while, he was just running around saying, oh, you're doing talks, like, I'm the co-founder of Apple and all this. But I'm just, it's just interesting, like, the timeline of that, where it's like, now he's, like, their guest CEO or whatever. He make, I think he makes he makes jokes about still reporting to Steve Jobs, too, and all this. It's just, it's, it's a weird, like, uh... Yeah, the narrative is really dynamic. interesting behind him and, like, his story, quote-unquote, right? Because usually what happens is, like, Steve Jobs was the face, and he was, like, the you know, the workhorse behind Steve Jobs, but is that the real narrative? I think that's a lot of truth to that, because from what I've studied about Steve, it's like, he was like, just like, he had the vision, and he was really good at bossing people around and making deals. I have the book as well. And, I, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's just Yeah, he wasn't like the, he wasn't the computer guy. He didn't even have the technical expertise to make a computer, but he had Steve and all these other nerds that were going to listen to what he told them to do. I mean, he's known, again, for hanging people outside of fucking office windows when not following directions and shit. Like, he was a crazy motherfucker. I think he was like a tyrant. That was his role at Apple. Yeah, like, to bring this back to Charles Schwab, like, Charles Schwab is quoted in the book uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People that, like, one of the greatest assets you can find for a company is somebody that knows how to manage people. Well, that's that. In the, yeah, one of the last obvious. in one of the last interviews I watched with about Bill Gates, he says that on Ellen. He says, uh, "I used to love working on software and managing people." He he says that on on, on Ellen, like it was, was like a few, you know, not very recently. Let's be honest, guys. Like you don't mind telling your friends and helping them out and putting together a project and collaborating, but like the idea that you enjoy managing groups of people is a is it's a weird thing to enjoy. That's yeah, a very like authoritarian a, perspective. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's the same um, skill set and uh, mindset that pushes people to go into politics as well. It's very um, a dominant trait. I have friends yeah, in social engineering, that, Amy says. Like uh, in the military that, you know, they kind of had that authoritarian bullshit before, but now that they've been in the military, it's just gone into fucking hyperdrive. And it's funny to interact with them when you can tell them to fuck off, suck my dick, bitch. And mm -hmm. uh, what your stripes don't mean shit. But they, they love that. And everybody, and this goes for politicians too, they all think they're going to be on the in group. And you're not. Right. Because like real like galvanization and leadership is not born through like authority it's born through respect and a lot like of maximum motherfucker. motherfucker right yeah hell yeah hell yeah and that's the <clears> thing <throat> too it's like you get that thing real quick too it's like the people respect steve jobs or fear steve jobs because you can say what you want about him but he was effective yeah i bet you anyway. like no one really respected bill gates that's why he got fucking pied in his face well, I don't, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, like, it's, it's, it's real clear that Bill Gates is not good. Like, Steve Jobs at least got, like, the, the reception he got, like, he was still held in very high regard despite yeah. all of this. 
And then you have Bill Gates, who's not even open. Like, people don't even talk about nasty Bill at the office, really. But people already just see all the weirdness, and he's never... Like, he's never going to be able to, like, revive his image. It, the best he could probably do right now is, like, fade into the shadow. Right? I mean, like, just I chill think he's, too, he's too arrogant to do that. Yeah, one, thing on Steve, one thing on Steve Jobs, and if you notice a difference between uh, Wozniak here, is Steve Jobs is very measured when he does uh, public speaking, and he also, look at his gesticulations. Like his the hand body language, all those hand movements that these people do. When you notice it's it's contrived, yes, that's all. It's kind of like a magic slash it's uh, pantomime thing. Yeah, it it has effects. Like when you do this, it, yes, it, it, dude, Neil deGrasse Tyson, dude, dude, yes, the uh, the it, primordial it's the mirror suit. neurons. It's the mirror neurons. True effect, romance, partially, which one? When uh, Dennis Hopper is about to get killed by... Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he talks about the Sicilians. Oh, yeah. The Moors. Yeah, that's a great scene. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, well, just one thing to point out. Go ahead. So, I mentioned this one right here when they rotate, but also when they put all their fingers together like this. That that's a very powerful gesticulation. It does kind of seem like a power move, like a. It you don't oh, do totally that normally. No, it's Mr. Fucking that. Evil. Yes, no it's, it's, it's unnatural. Yeah, no, no one fucking does. You, your natural thing is to go like this or true, like true, this. True. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've done this. My hands to are like stretch your right fingers. Right like yeah why well, yeah to pop my fingers but you do it like that you put your palms down it's, n it's very unnatural i don't know man so you always I definitely don't walk around like this if they're if they're doing weird shit with their hands they've been trained oh yeah i think i think it's about to like the mirror neurons right so it's like if you're watching someone do this or whatever the fuck there's something there's something that's going on in your brain when you're doing that and you're watching them do it and so in your brain you're firing off that, those same signals and there's yeah. a way to fucking create like a certain report it it's more focused usually like the light end of it people focus on like creating a rapport and like being like social like basically commanding social situations but i think obviously it goes deeper than that and you can pretty much start to like uh like you're basically just like getting it's it's like a modulating people's uh, response to what you're telling them while you're telling you're them. more engaged in listening Sink, to them. Sinking it the up. more animated you are with your hands as well as the way you're projecting your story or whatever you're trying to It also see. comes from like a lot of Hollywood, a lot of like watching movies and people like act in a dramatic sense. Because yeah. yes. it's from theater like and in yes. theater, 60% of 60% of communication is body language too. I think like, one more. It's, uh, way it's more probably than that. more than half, but it's like, but just based off that alone, like that's the deep primal nature that like you have less control of. It's just like your core programming. Exactly. Yeah, go back to Cyber Polygon because um, I wanted to bring up like the reason why he brings up like using analog television signal to, for hacking. Like back in 2007, a lot of the hackers I knew like said that if you want to get into hacking, you need to know how the telephone system works. Like you need to know how the basic infrastructure of analog works in order for you to start like connecting or 
secure tunneling to anything or stuff like that because their whole thing back in those days was like they were abusing of old infrastructure because it was yeah. harder to track somebody and that's why they needed to go from ip like ipv4 to ipv6 where it became more of like a a domicile thing right like now there's an address attached to your ip address that goes back to what klaus schwab was saying when you need to build in these uh vaccines so every time they build a new infrastructure, it gets more and more traceable. By the remember, way, like, sorry, I was going to say, Amy, Amy in chat mentioned, yes, this is the Delta sign. Okay. Oh, yeah, the triangle. Yeah. No, but I was saying, like, back in the day, in all the, like, all the old hacker movies or wherever someone's trying to hack into something, always cracking into, like, a phone uh, place where, like, there's a bunch of wires and they're connecting to it. It's not like that anymore. <clears throat> yeah um frog when you're talking about the old school hackers back in the day hacking the analog systems is that when you're they were back in the day like they'd pick up an old um payphone and they'd take a whistle and blow into it so they could get free phone calls like it was it someone uh, something like like, aol oh okay. using of aol yeah. like how you can get those free trial cds uh using because uh, back in the captain crunch, it was a captain crunch whistle Okay, but you okay? So you know what I'm talking about. Okay, I just didn't know if it was in relation to that. Or yeah, because back in the day, a lot of the abuse that happened for a lot of the hackers I knew, they would go to like public libraries and they would just straight up plug in a hard wire to their to their wall, and that's what they would use. And the reason why they did that was because the the greatest like you can have encrypted networks, you can have encrypted whatever, but if I have physical access to the system. It that's its weakest, most vulnerable point is having physical access to a system. Like you can even make a USB ports and make them dead, like where they just don't respond to the system at all. That's why Ocean's Eleven need to be inside the hotel. <laughs> right. What was the go. guy's name that the hacker game? Wait, what? The guy in the hacker guy in Ocean's Eleven. Oh, it's um, um, fuck. Fuck okay, it, who cares? Play the yeah. Game. All right. Type to them, break out to my friends, you know, whether they made some kind of, you know, demonstration, some kind of um, um, model project. And I was that kind of person. Everywhere I went, I just wanted to build little things for fun to show off to my friends, you know, whether they made lights flash. I eventually built a pawn game and then I designed a, um, a breakout for Atari. And these were fun projects. Built a little terminal. I heard about the ARPANET, which was six computers. Now we have billions of computers on the internet. The ARPANET started with six computers and I could type to them and read to them. And the only way I could do it was because I owned a television set and I knew enough about analog television technology and digital to create the signals to put balls and paddles on that TV. And I don't know, it was just, I was, I think it was the development of my skills piece by piece by piece and a 10 year period where magic could flow out of my head for ideas that I could actually create, you know, and right. uh, I love being an inventor. That's and what I was talking about. I speak to in the Inventors Hall of Fame, for example, exactly the same. They come about from the exact same perspective. They're not just a good you engineer in a company and get assigned a project. Thanks, Steve. And um, uh, let me put the last question. What did you do for the education of your children? Uh, to prepare them for the new technological world. Uh, could you please share with us, because uh, we are all parents, and uh, I know that you invest a lot of your energy in your children. Uh, you have three children, right? Yes, I have three children. I um, didn't ever want to look at myself. I had values that were very strong in me that I kept my whole life. I didn't yeah. want to force myself above others and force others to do things my way. 
I didn't want to be, I did not want to pass um, my values, give them to the children say, this is how you should be. Here's how you should think. Here are the courses you should take. Here are the schools you should go to. I did not want to do that because my parents were very open and free with me. And I got my talents from the freedom of being able to associate with friends and others and talk about things and get ideas and ask questions and, and get answers to questions, but never forced. My father was an engineer, but I'm the only one of three of us who turned out to be an engineer. And so I wouldn't do that to my kids. Now, one of my kids is really brilliant, um, brilliant programmer. And he just amazes me. If I have questions about technology, I have to ask him. And a couple of others are, you know, one is a little bit uh, technical, one is non-technical at all. Um, and you know what? The thing is, life is about happiness. Finding what you like doing is the important thing. And you should be able to find it on your own and not necessarily be directed to it. You know, I don't like uh, authoritarianism as a parent. So uh, that's how I was. And, you know, boy, I'll tell you, one of my kids, though, I just wanted to, I, I wanted to actually talk about the world being so open, amazing things happening, and read books that way with an expressive voice because it, it gives them motivation. I want to be a part of the world and, you know, want to learn about new things and inventing <clears throat> uh, and technology. And if technology comes along, oh my gosh, I could give a lot of guidance. Here's how you can do this. Here's this. Try this. Here's, an, here's a project you might take on. Um, I would do that like a school teacher, even though it wasn't in school. And that really led to me teaching um, 10 to 13 year olds for eight years of my life. And um, some, some of the years were very- Until they got too old. Like teaching, I mean, this was full time non-stop non so and it was important to me uh, to help help people develop their minds but you got to do it with fun i wouldn't teach it like here is a course you know answer these questions this and that we're using a book i wouldn't even use a book i'd write my own lessons and i teach them in a very interesting way and include a lot of fun include a lot of fun make the experience fun to learn because and some who's he teaching this to uh, he's talking about his kids but i think he's talking about all kids and maybe even beyond but he was he said so that he, he, was, he was a teacher in teacher arizona i think for eight years, teaching 10 to 13-year-olds? I'll say one thing. He seems very likable. He does come off. That's, the, that's, my, that, my, that's my dilemma. It's like, of all the pieces of shit that we come across so often, it's like he seems the most, like, honest. But again, this is the place where they're supposed to be honest. So I'm not going to... On the surface, it's, he's okay it right now. It makes you even weirder. But here's the other thing, too. There's so many other ways he could have said all this stuff, and he could have totally not talked about, even though it's weird that he keeps saying, I want to be human or whatever, it's like, he could seriously not be talking about that at all. And I know. Like, kind of like what you said, Dave, where he might be trying to be persuasive. Exactly. And like, like who is this talk for? Like, because he knows who's going to be watching this. It's not like people like us. Right. It's going to be people, like, people that you're talking about, we're kind of like conflicted right now, because we're like, dude, like, he seems like a decent guy. And plus, like, he seems like... It doesn't mean it couldn't all be a farce, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, I do... some Someone... I do believe this is genuine at this point. Whether he's compartmentalized and doesn't know, like, what he's doing, but at the same time... But he's open about, like... He's open about when he got in the computers. The only way... The only people making them were the military and science labs. That were like basically what he's talking about is fucking like black projects or private companies. He's like, so he's pretty much out there saying like, this is how I got on. Like he doesn't have to say that either. There's so many things in here. It's like he could just not say them. And so I don't know. And he's Another thing, you know, he's very enthusiastic still about about his work. That's why I'm very hesitant to just you know deem him, you know, the uh, the reptilian garbage that we all think that he might be. You know. I think oh, yeah, just... I think a lot of people get fucked because also, too, right, like, even if he's trash and some and the other leaders of Apple are trash, hypothetically, 
there's still a lot of young people that work there that want to do the same type of shit we want to do. They're just attempting it in a different realm. And it's like, if we write off, like, whole entities, because yeah. they really do consist of thousands of people, usually. And yeah, it's like, let's not exactly. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. In other words, or like we can't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't villainize people just by association necessarily. Necessarily, right. I know that the whole Epstein thing makes it very hard to do that. But Trap, yeah, man. awesome. But the other thing but too also, is like if you're, if... was he on the manifest? By the way, oh, was he? I don't know. I'm curious. That's a, something that we should look Dude, into. Dude, I hope not. Because I'm just like, yo, but that, that, so. with that being said, if you're on the island and you got pictures of Epstein, fuck you. <laughs> I don't think he was. But I would guess. But I don't think he was. I do want to make this point before we get too off the rails, though, because they do like to throw these people in front of us, and they do the ones that they like to promote as the greatest, like, oh, he's such a good person, or she's such a good person. Uh, they're usually the fucking worst. I mean, look at Tom yeah. fucking Hakes. Look at Ellen DeGeneres. Look at uh, fucking, you know, But Oprah. they don't promote him like that. They don't promote no, him like that at but all. If this is he's this not, the stage. Is. If you ask some Apple, they're like Steve Jobs. Steve Wozniak, who's that? Oh, the guy that he started Apple with? Oh, I know. That's, the, that's, why, that's why I talked about the narrative of what we, what we think we know about him based on the movies they did and, you know, the books. That, you know, that's why I was saying Steve Jobs was the face and he was you know, known as the tyrant, but we don't really know what he was like, right? right? But, you know, right. it's just what the, we we heard and what we've seen on television movies. Yeah, maybe but he's I, trying to, like, he's trying to um, walk back that thing, that, that narrative so much to where he's just like, all right, well, I got to be, like, super polite and um, ingestible. Digestible, yeah, that's, that's what digestible. he is. That's his, that's, his, that's his function right now. He's supposed to be the digestible um, face for this video and you know the, the question was really who is the audience for this video seriously like I, I want to know besides bankers, us, besides cyber the, security experts like probably government officials like yeah, people PR, who would be worried PR. about cyber security and infrastructure so it's like man, I want to see who subscribed to this channel I wonder if there's a way to see that we'll look at that later <laughs> Okay. All right. Here we yeah, go. I would say a lot of bankers, a lot of tech people. A, in regards to him being a teacher, I guess he was like a fifth grade teacher, and then he started some company called like Waz U in 2017 that was like made to uh, <laughs> teach college students or something uh, like technical shit. But apparently, CBS. Oh, like Trump University. Yeah, apparently CBS would a bunch of these students and they said how shitty it was and that it was like way too expensive and all this bullshit. Mm. I don't know, but it says that Wozniak denied any comments and dodged all these reporters about it. I don't know. All right, I'm going to let the... Go on. Okay, last point. Is, yeah, yeah. You know, who's to say that they're not lifting him up now with all the nerds that know him? As that new gentle face of this, you know, cyber demon. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna let this play for a little bit because I'm gonna use the restroom. But, 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 just keep, let's keep it going a little bit. I'm gonna go at normal speed just because I need to use the restroom. But that was not my push, and I didn't want to make any computer geeks. Just how to use it and enjoy it, and fun was a big element. How do you build that into education? It costs extra money. Thanks. Thank you so much, Steve, for the most interesting remarks and the very insightful dialogue. It was a great pleasure to talk with you 
on this cyber polygon platform. And uh, I would like to wish you good luck and uh, all the best. And I hope that next our visit to Silicon Valley on your, or your visit to Moscow, we can spend more time to discuss of all these very interesting questions. Thank you very much for your participation. It's kind of um, funny too. It's like it's almost like that guy. If you ever read my book, I doesn't know what to say to him because all the shit that he's talking about with, isn't um, on the script. Hold that. Hold that thought, dude. So, and then and Russia. so it's very, very deep to my heart to be able to speak to crowds there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. I would like to wish good luck to all of our speakers and to all of our participants. You're all doing a great job. Back to you, Alexander. Thank you. Mr. Gref, Mr. Wozniak, so thank you very much for a very interesting talk. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to remind you that in addition to this live stream, there is a technical training session that is happening right now. The participants, the defending teams, are trying to stop the attacks launched by the red team. Now, this red team is comprised of BI Zone cybersecurity experts and is actually located here. So, why don't we take a moment Wait to find it. out how the training is This going. is so My fake! colleague in Akinti is a member of the red team and he's ready to share his perspective. In Akinti, how is everything going so far? Thank you, Alexander. So, it's been the first hour of the training. For now, the uh, defenders had only had the time to look at their own infrastructure, and the attack has just started. They go straight uh, to a as gaming. As you already said, this year we're Bad doing room. two scenarios: uh, defense and response. Both are centered around the look at his eyes. He's reading this. attacks. Right. Yep. Uh, as he looks like he's about to play uh, League of Legends. Uh, the last few years, supply chain attacks. Came he actually won last year's tournament. Uh, this is due to a very simple. I mean, when you slow it down, uh, it's like you can see the obvious pause breaks from the marina. They're about to start hacking like uh, uh, They're about to say something. They're about to be like, "Oh, it actually seems like we're getting attacked from the outside right now." EBOS attack. But they say these days to stay profitable, you have lots of software. You have to develop. Uh, lots uh, and lots in your infrastructure, and you have to. Oh, uh, you got some Air Max Various tools and utilities throughout your network. This means that your infrastructure is no longer just your infrastructure. Your perimeter is as wide as the perimeter of your infrastructure, plus uh, the perimeters of all the software developers whose software you are actually using. So we try to reflect that in both scenarios. Right now we're in uh, at the start of the attack of the first scenario, defense. During this scenario, the uh, blue teams have to uh, investigate uh, what the adversaries are doing. They have to deflect an active attack on their infrastructure. Uh, but it's not just uh, an old-fashioned website. Uh, here we've introduced a whole pipeline. This is crazy. This uh, is an actual like, code gaming from, uh, competition. The that uh, creates a container for right. the application that pushes it uh, to container storage and then publishes it. And it's only like then actually it being played out on a major like, world scale. The problem for the defenders is that they have to defend each part of this pipeline because each part can be misconfigured. There can be old-fashioned bugs in the web application itself, but the attackers can also introduce their own bugs during, uh, for example, if they gain access to the source code. Or, uh, for example, they can 
uh, find uh, or if uh, they can enter a storage, for example, then they can obviously leak some secrets. So the blue teams really have their work cut out for them. They have to uh, they have to analyze all of this scope. At the same time, uh, during this first hour, they only had the chance to set up their monitoring and defensive software. So right now, they're probably analyzing what's going on in their networks. And uh, I hope that in a few hours, we'll see the results of uh, this analysis and that they will be able to defend against this attack. Back to you, Alexander. Thank you, Nakinti. Good luck with the training. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm told that we are now ready for our next discussion digital state of tomorrow, what will it be? What challenges may the digitalization of government structures pose? I'm delighted to introduce the moderator of this session, Mr. Ryan Chilcote, independent global affairs and economics broadcaster, Bloomberg TV and CNN alumnus. Ryan, thank you very much for joining. I will let you introduce the speakers and take it from there. Good luck with the discussion. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, good luck to the teams competing uh, in that uh, very interesting competition. Look forward to checking in with them later, uh, and uh, we look forward to having as fun of a conversation as we just heard. Uh, obviously, you heard the topic there. It's the digital state of tomorrow. Roger, Eager, uh, you know, for much of our audience, you don't need any introduction. Uh, but I will say, Igor, you head up security at Willis Telecom, Roger, Chief Security Advisor uh, at Microsoft. Uh, you know, one of the things that we heard in the uh, panel discussions before us and those speeches was that to a large extent, the digital state of tomorrow is already with us, uh, thanks in large part to the pandemic. And along with that technological Thank advancement, you, a lot of problems associated with It's a large with part of the pandemic. Uh, mm -hmm. Roger, I want to ask you. Uh, Get her ass is trained to this shit. In Europe, you're out there talking to the new normal European companies. Take us inside the room. What are their concerns right now when it comes to cybersecurity? What are you talking about when you close the door? It's kind of an interesting, it was an interesting journey over the last one and a half years, you know. Initially, in the first few weeks, it was all about keeping the lights on. So if you look at confidentiality, integrity, and availability, it was all about availability. And this pretty much changed then. So today, discussions are going down the road. How can we actually build a new and modern architecture going forward based on what we learned with the pandemics and home office? So having architectures like zero trust really simplify okay sorry about that uh, okay going down no anything important happened i was i was watching the stream now we're just talking shit just talking about how fake everything was <laughs> yeah, yeah i just wanted to point out the fuck that dude that was interviewing was like it's almost like he didn't know what to fucking say what what all the shit he was talking about might not have been on script and so he was just kind of like, oh, that's great. Those are great ideas. Like, he, he literally, like, had no substance, nothing of substance really to say to most of what he was saying. Like, I'll give him a little, it. I'll give him a little slack here because they're Russian. And, like, there's actually this same exact video in Russian. And I'm curious oh. as to what, um, after this. Oh, that's after... just translated, though. Is it, though? translated. Yeah, because okay. it was in English. Like, they were actually talking in English. Okay. I wonder, that's a yeah. good point. I didn't even think about that. But a lot of what he was saying with um, the hacking and like how a red team goes about doing this, that was on that was on point. Like there's a college level competition that America does. The NSA hosted with the AFA, yeah. 
and they yeah. basically set up this like what the scenario they're playing out where there's a blue team defending and the blue team manages a company right quote unquote and their whole job is to cure the system from hackers attacking it so, so like what he was saying was kind of like various tactics that some of these red teams actually use to infiltrate systems like it, it was just really dry because the people talking probably don't understand any of it i wasn't talking about those guys too just just the one dude that was interviewing was all those dudes were just spitting in okay we're gonna go to a couple more points here and then we'll probably just wrap it up and then have just some general discussion about everyday stuff that we like to talk about and kind I of think uh, this is a good spot to end it because uh yeah i think this doesn't end until like an hour oh like yeah true. this talk is the most boring okay did you watch this part yeah yeah i watched, all the way I like watched up until hours. like two is it yeah. trash this, this part anything notable it's not there's, trash, there's but... of substance it's just it gets really wordy and really fucking boring <laughs> and it's basically all the stuff that Klaus was saying where it's like they want this unified infrastructure they don't want they're trying to like they're under the guise to eliminate threats they want unified infrastructure they want internet and you know and how like systems yeah are it's connected and how you can't have the internet without it being as interconnected and yeah that's and why I believe they, that. I, say, I believe they start talking about banking too and like institutions that have the greatest need for this security that they're talking about would be banks and all this stuff. And they get well, into speaking currency. Of that, speaking of that, did anyone have any issues with their um, bank accounts in the past like two years in terms of like uh, getting your your accounts hacked? No, I never. No, no. But um, but I know what happened. Anything. I want to know where this is. I want to know where you're going with this because I did hear some other juicy, um, some juicy stuff with uh, banks. So I don't know. Are you? Are we, no, where are you going? No, because a couple months ago, um, my bank account got hit with like massive fraud. Both my my checking and my savings. Um, some person got into my account and started wiring all my fucking money to them, and I had it all sorted out in a couple of days. But apparently, it was it was rampant. It was happening all over the country. Like I wasn't the only one, and that's why there was like some, there was like some shit happening, and I was just like, oh, that's fucking weird. And this was this was, um, if I remember correctly, it was right before the election, right before setting up well, the stage. Bench. So this conversation. Well, the, city, you don't get it. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, I think they had a big security breach. Like, didn't they have all their a bunch of customers' information stolen? I know a bunch of banks have been hit, and they don't ever admit it publicly unless it comes up. Like, right. they'll never come it's out. Probably and say done by it. the government. I think, so that they can, so that they can blame an insurrection on you. But is it so I'm just saying, owned by the Saudis? Cool. Uh, they probably have a, sh a share. I mean, but it's like you, you can have ag regular actors just hacking people, and they would literally cover it up until it became a media story, and they couldn't avoid it. It wouldn't matter who it was, because just yeah, bad business. And I still didn't get fully refunded because when you do, when you uh, do wire transfer, you're charged like a twenty-five dollar fee. And they did like yeah, fucking, they did like fucking eight of them, and I didn't get that that fucking money back yet. So the the point that I was going to get to was that um, now this is this is a very this is not a hundred percent this is not corroborated by anybody, so I don't know if this is true information or not. But apparently, a couple days ago, 
the Cuban government um, possibly seized a bunch of money from um, literally, uh, I don't know how many people's bank accounts, but apparently seized a whole lot of money from people's bank accounts and, and drained their bank accounts. And then we looked up, right? Didn't you find that frog? Tell them what you found. Shit, that's juicy. Was it Arthur? I guess it was may, might have been Arthur that found that they that Cuba is looking to change from their to go off of the the dollar standard to the peso to the Cuban peso. Yeah, and we just imposed economic sanctions on them. That makes like, sense. Earlier yeah. this week. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's just like. <laughs> they I use, think they're starting to use their own property. currency. That's a good idea. And that's why they're putting those sanctions. Anytime that anyone tries to use their own currency, you see that. They did so. that with, they did it with, uh, that's why they, apparently that's why they killed Fidel Castro, not Fidel, um, Gaddafi, right? Gaddafi. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, you know what was crazy? Or at least one of the reasons. Wasn't there a story, wasn't there a story about how Xerxes died? Didn't Xerxes get a sword stuck up his ass also? What? Or, or something like mm. that. Somebody yeah, got there is somebody. Some sort of mythological oh, thing. There's Where's some sort of like, back in the day, bro. Some, I feel some like that shit would have happened. Like like people just got back to their roots in that moment, but that shit was probably happening. Like every time there was like a king that was getting dethroned, they're like, get yeah. the sword, stick it in his ass. Yeah, and pretty shit. much. And that's what oh, they did shit. to Gaddafi. They stuck a sword up his ass. The, death of yep. the funny thing is too is that they say that the movie Three Hundred. Uh, was actually a, a a bit of a slander piece because actually allegedly Xerxes was actually a good king, but they were trying to you know well, yeah. overthrow him in his rule. Everybody hates the Persians, right? Ooh, the Persians. Yeah, well, mm, I don't know. I don't hate them. Well, no, I mean I'm being facetious. See, I don't hate them either. They're, they're they're my sand brothers. My sand <laughs> brothers. Even though Armenia's predominantly green, so I don't know. Anyway, say the right, right word. Do it. Say that again, Dave. Say no, the, I'm not say the right. No, <laughs> we're gonna we're starting a new clean slate on the Swarmcast channel. I'm not gonna be dropping any n bombs or f bombs or c bombs or k bombs. No I don't even want to say the word Nazi. We don't like you with the charm of this fucking channel, dude. No bombs. No bombs. Save all your bombs. Yeah, I mean, no fairness. Doesn't enhance anyone's life. So, what's been going on lately? Anything interesting that we need to hear about? Are there any updates on uh, the McAfee stuff? I know that uh, Code Monkey came out and said, mm, "There's, there, be careful for misinformation out there." Um, no, uh, it's Code Monkey. I mean, I feel like he's information, the misinformation king. I don't know, something about him still, like, I know that they try to slander him with that, that fucking documentary that just happened to come out, like, so quickly about QAnon. They knew everything there was to know about QAnon, so they just let the video out, right? This documentary. But he came out, I think he came out of nowhere with QAnon, and the reason that made him important was because he was doing all that flight simu simulator tracking and showing that as evidence, and, like, again, I just think you can make all that shit up. <laughs> so it's like... It's really hard. Like, it's interesting when you realize it is a unique thing he brought into the scene. There was no one else doing that. So it, it looks it looks way more legit than the people that are just talking with a with a picture behind them saying, "Listen, here's the plan," and blah blah blah. And it's like, so he he had that. He had a well produced show. I mean, the thing I was gonna put this is different, a little different, but like the McAfee thing, the interview I shared, 
he looks so much fucking younger in that interview, which is supposed to come from, like, last year, than he does in this interview from, like, 2016, where he's arguing with this FBI dude about, like, should Apple be able to have to give their fucking iPhone keys to the FBI. And he looks, like, way fucking older in 2016. And, uh... It's just, it's interesting, like, his skin, everything, like, his skin looks fucked up, like, look at old, he has old man. Are you talking about McAfee? Yeah. Yeah, and the, in these newer interviews, man, he doesn't I've look the that. same. He Throw looks that like in the chat, Well, like, this, I, that I, was the thing, like, he was doing interviews, like, just weeks, even months, like, I mean, which is one before that happened, so. Guys, I gotta bring Why up the body. Why doing that? I gotta bring it up, because it's like, dude... You look at that, because I'm liking this McAfee in that interview. He's very spiritual. He's very, like, it's almost like he's talking, like, about a lot of, like, concepts. Like, he turned Like, into concepts with this dude. But, you know, he never, like, really gets into tech or anything. Like, it's almost like that could be an actor. That could be a dude that McAfee's like, listen, I want you to focus on fucking enlightened shit, people. Or like, those are the directives or whatever. Like, you have a certain set of topics. You're going to go do all these interviews. So people think I'm doing all these interviews. They're going to think I'm still in the UK. They're going to think this, 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 and this. And then there's another dude that's going to take the hit from me in Spain. Well, that's I'm like the you. benefit of getting a tattoo, right? It's like, it shows, all right, I got this tattoo. Nobody else fucking has this dumb fuck tattoo. So if you see tattoo a motherfucker that's dead with tattoo. this tattoo, Why that means it's probably me. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like again, it's it's a it's a magic trick in the sense where it's like it's getting you to rule out that it could even be fake, like because you're assuming why would you ever get a tattoo if you didn't mean it? <laughs> it's like, dude, again, what if that wasn't of, him? There was a lot of people on Instagram that I saw saying that the tattoo wasn't real, that yeah. he didn't get a tattoo, that that yeah. tattoo was a lie. Mm -hmm. Wait, like I really, I'm gonna find this interview link because yo, you what look at the, the face tattoo? of this guy and like this is an older man. Like, you can tell this John McAfee is like an old, the one that's arguing with the FBI. He's like an older guy. He honestly has different mannerisms too than the, the newer John McAfee we've seen in the past few years. And also too, not for nothing, I know that for a fact you were able to book John McAfee for interviews. Like all these yeah, dudes for like two hundred bucks. Were reaching out to him. Yeah, yeah cheapest. He was super available, cheap. dude. Yeah, it's he almost was like available. What was it, dude? Sam that, Sam that, said that, it on the. Sam said it on his on his podcast that he paid. We'll send you that hundred or two hundred dollars or whatever. He was charging like a hundred dollars a half hour or something like that. He was available. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know that's how all these people got interviews with him, including the one that I sh shared earlier. And it's like on the no Why mercy would a dude pod? like that. Yeah, there is Matt and Shane. Matt Shane, yeah. But and like you know, what reminds me of is, is he, did, he did some crazy like funny podcasts too. He, it reminds me of is like that Gallagher shit. Remember how Gallagher, how his oh, brother, brother took over Gallagher's Gallagher's yeah. act and just did the same shit because his twin fucking brother. Like, dude. Well, body doubles have been used forever. I mean, yeah. fucking, uh, Saddam had a body double. Allegedly, Hillary's got a body double. And now with the state of plastic they surgery, they could do that with fucking anyone. You just get dude, the body type so slap easy. on his face. That's yeah, they've actually dug up uh, McAfee's tweets, and McAfee was actually listing off like how many body doubles he's had, like what they died of. Mm -hmm. And they said he even said that like his youngest body double was like 40 years old. Mm, see like well, yeah, he, just, had, he just, had enough funds to you know maybe kind of do whatever the fuck you want do that shit 
to screenshot this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna link the interview in the chat. But look at this dude's face. This dude How looks like an job? old guy. How did what? Would you say um, Def? You gotta look like well, hold on one sec, Young. Would you say Def? Hillary definitely had a body double. Oh yeah. Uh, back in the, when uh, she was uh, falling out, like randomly just passing out and shit, mm -hmm. she had this like lesbian chick, like lesbian trucker chick that was taller than her, and Butch. Oh yeah, she Checks definitely out. had at least one. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the picture right now. The one that look says at that N16. one and then compare it to the to the new interview I just shared earlier. I can link that other one real quick too. Let's take a look here. His skin is way better. It's like it's almost like again, like he's twenty years younger in the new interview. Is this on live stream? Yeah, you can it's click on my stream. Thumbnail. There's a Q in the background of the FBI guy. Oh, and there's that. Yeah. Oh, Which played to the whole thing about the mainstream media being in on this shit from the beginning. Okay, hold on. Let me get this going. Which is why I had the dock ready. Oh my god, there is a cue behind him, that motherfucker. Yeah, it's signaling. Yo, we're in on the side up too, bro. The whole furore began. It really does come down to Oh, can you up the do we give or does the This was when he had his hair yellow like that car deep agent. Right. You just look at his face, like his facial structure is even longer, I want to say. Like the only thing that keeps it looking very similar is the color in his beard where he has that stripe. Like there's like things that make it, you know, it's six simple. Yeah, but that's just easy to change. You know, You're doing a I could buy mm -hmm. the privacy issue if this was minor criminal activity. I want to see what was behind here before this interview, if it was still a cue. This is what's changed. Oh, you could find, like, oh, yeah, not, this is also on the John McAfee channel. This is from the J, J McAfee. He does not. This is not a matter of, of privacy. Listen to him talk, though. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm certain, Mr. Rogers, I've heard a great deal about you, and good luck to you. It's way more business-like, um, right? Uh, way like in the area of uh, information gathering. My dude, J-Mac. We gotta look at the ears. Uh, yeah, he might be on drugs or something, though. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's another Maybe. thing, too. Like, I, I know what a bender, after, like, a weekend of a bender, makes your face look like, and it does make it look a little more haggard than usual. So. Lumpy. Yeah. I mean, well, he's kind of like, acting like he's on amphetamines or something. Yeah. yeah. So check this out. His in this in this one, his hair looks a lot younger. Like he has like you more youthful hair, probably because of coloring. He just came off a bad but his actual face. Well, hold on. But his actual face is is a lot more like showing his age. In the newer interviews, his face is really clean, but his hair is white. Is more white. Mm. So it's an inverse of the of the same quality. I'm just pointing that out. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Let's take a look here. Let's look at this one. I'm not. What are we comparing I this really, with? He thinks he just came home from a trip from Vegas, but he was really just in Florida Wait, uh, for a in week. another tab. Open up that other interview I sent, or even that one. That's when he's that recent. This one, one year or whatever. Ago. One year ago, yeah, the just block like, open up another tab. Yeah, okay. and look at his face. It's like it's not. I don't. I don't know. Part of me thinks it's see. not the same dude. Probably all right. He doesn't have a not right face. It's contact with the enemy. And the the human so or the, the personal uh, version. Yeah, but it's also a different camera angle. People can look way different true. from a different camera angle. We all know about the dangerous cats oh, fishing selfies. Yeah, and there's also, like, you got tinted beard. Right off that way. 
the release dates of these interviews. You don't know how long like people have been sitting on them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, it's the age, but I, I feel like his mannerisms are way different. Like the other yeah. dude in 2016 interview looks like more nervous, more businesslike, more like he's trying to still kind of be somewhat fucking. Respectful of this dude. What about the voice, though? It's different. I think it's different. Sounds a little bit it's a lot more like sharper. Well, that could, we could do that. We could do a swarm cast on that where we just we pick we pick apart McAfee interviews. This is one and not. I feel like it's a little bit of an. I think this could be total bullshit though. May I'm just seeing no, what I want to see, but I really do think he looks different and older in 2016 than he does in 2020, which is weird. We gotta look at the ears. That's the same thing. How many years? Find a better one where you can see more of his face. Go to the one I, the other one I sent. Let me see here. Okay, so yeah, the rule that I go by wearing sunglasses, it's probably McAfee, and he's probably high on fat. Yeah, he's probably but also if you're wearing sunglasses, that obscures a large part of your face, which makes it a lot easier to pretend to be somebody you're not. Of a cokehead, though. Like when he has the yeah, sunglasses, I, get that, I noticed he like, was much more than a I, I grew up with my uncles. I know that like twitchy mannerisms that these fools are on. And when he's wearing the sunglasses, I'm like, you're McAfee. If you look at the McAfee documentary, look at they that. talk about that's how a serious he guy. He used that's, to take I think that. that's a serious that's a different type of seriousness. Yeah. Like pause that when he's when he's sideways. Or mute it. Yeah, let's just look at body language real quick. It's a duh. It's a duh. He's fucking like. Didn't he run for the libertarian right party? There. Are there libertarians? Well, this parties? is really about guys. This is telling us that John Mack. Yeah, he ran for president a couple times, I think. Yep. Uh, at least once in 2016, I believe. Yeah. To make a, in his words, to make a mockery of politics. Where's this? I, where's the second video that you're talking about? I um, I sent it on the live chat. I, that's when I added everyone. Okay. You fucking. If I that's can what you do. You should have had, like so. The one that says, "Yeah, okay, that's this is the FBI." But where's the other one? The first one that you want to want to do? I'm about to send it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, because yeah, I only see one. This line. is the one where he's he's in a track. He dude, he's in a Nike track suit, bro. He's got the sunglasses. He's straight McAfee. Body double, hundred percent. Am I fucking right? Am I fucking crazy? No, look at this yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched this. Yeah, he does look a lot different. Uh, yeah. You don't need anybody. Look at this dude and then go look at now pull up the other one side to side. <laughs> he's cracked out, dog. Dog. He's, This dude, no I don't know, but this might be he John knows McAfee, he's got a gap down body double. That's another one where I'm like, that's the real dude. John I think McAfee, that's definitely him. In the, cyber the blonde hair. Industry, the yeah, the blonde but look at the creases on his eyes. All that shit is not yeah. present in the other dude. How long ago was that? Though? How long? This is yeah, 20, This is a year later. About a year later. So did he fucking go into hiding in 2018 or something? Well, so which Look one do you think nose. is the real one? The nose one? is pointed. I think that's, this is the well, fucking guy. This is really real. him. Let's look at the ears. So Hold on. This whole What's interview, that? all he talks about is computer tech and security. So the virtual one he's watching. He died in a uh, Vietnam or. Singapore Spanish. Prison. Spanish prison. Spanish prison. Mm -hmm. Spanish. 
Really? In Spain, Spain? yeah. Yep. Spain. España. Huh. Nevertheless. I this is actually an interesting interview. You are speaking he talks about, about blockchain. Uh, various problems, right? What, what's the solution? Huh. Well, actually, I'm not even talking about virus problems anymore. I think I think the antivirus paradigm is is no longer functional. It doesn't. All right. Considering we just watched the whole fucking video on how important cybersecurity is, this is just a little <laughs> ironic to me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. They're like, all right, McAfee's you know, dead. That, Let's. That chick is a smoke show. Yeah, oh, this is a great video. This yeah, this is where he talks about well, like putting his putting in the wrong address, so, so people I, I, who are looking for him would get the wrong address and shit. Yeah, he puts away, he gives away a lot of games. You're cutting out putting your blank in the wrong address. And by the time hackers have planted malware in your system, it's way too late. The hackers spend weeks, months, or sometimes years sniffing around in your system, taking what they want before they even plant malware and sometimes they don't i mean he looks like fucking you have, you're trying to rant. look at this video right here he looks like fucking uh scarface anyway <laughs> the real question is is does he have access he's to about a party because i think he has access to quaaludes man i think he really does the ludes could just be xanax xanax makes your eyes like that too you got quaaludes <laughs> hey what you're crazy man you're, you're I like you, but you're you're crazy. <laughs> and some something like a hospital take all of her data and encrypt it, and say for a hundred thousand dollars you can have it back. You'll need malware. At that He's point. talking you're about this. This happened last year. Because by the time you found the malware, I mean this is. I mean these these malware attacks have been happening for a while. It's a reactive paradigm, and we have to become proactive. Um, How do we do this? Well, so I mean, from a technological standpoint, you know, I'm personally developing products that focus on identifying the hacker, not the malware. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. The malware's there, as I said. They don't like so, that. This is 2017. The presence of a hacker in your system so easily. And every hacker has to go through certain steps in order to break into any system and do damage. The first thing they have to do is get through the firewall. After they've gotten through, the, and, and all firewalls have holes, it, it's impossible to build a firewall that can keep out all hackers. It just can't be done. They have to get through the firewall, and then they have to find out where they are. And so what's on this net? So they sniff every device on the network. That's, that's an anomaly. That's behavior which is not normal. You use I something mean, called Wireshark. Nobody. Um, so just a, a very simple hardware box with very simple software would be able to at least identify that much. I can't believe if he has Q in the back of his fucking network, thing. See, oh, someone just came in through port 80. Well, that itself is strange. No wait, one wait. comes in through that port, but they did. And then they sniffed the refrigerator or whoever is, whatever's connected, if it's the Internet of Things, remember, you might have a refrigerator on your network. The refrigerator, everybody's workstation, the, um, the internet uh, the main of things. servers and all the honeypots in my device. Well, th that's crazy. So within a matter of seconds, uh, I can then send um, an email or a text message to the CIO and, and say, uh, a hacker just came in, or what looks like a hacker. And that's only one of the types of things that hackers do. There are many thousands. So 
you know, so, and, and I'm not the only person working on this. There are, you know, others that see the, the insanity of what we're doing and are doing similar things. So uh, we have a device coming out in just a couple of months called Sentinel that will um, identify within a matter of seconds. Now, we're not going to do anything about it. That's your job as the CIO or as the network manager. We can say there's a hacker in the system that came in through port 80. This is what they're doing. We will continue to monitor them. But you have to make some decisions as the human being. What do you do? You could call the authorities. I mean, I wouldn't advise that because your, your business will be shut down virtually because the, the, uh, the authorities will be running around and your employers are going to be watching and no one's going to be working. You might just simply shut down port 80 and forget it. Maybe you'll come in through another port later. We don't know. If so, my box Sentinel will tell you about it. So isn't that more sane? Because it's the hackers that are doing the damage, not the, not the software they've created. The, the hackers create that software. It's the hackers we must concern ourselves with. We've, we've, been, we've been fighting the end product of what hackers have created rather than the hacker himself or herself. So the proactive approach, and, and, and there are many products that we're working on that, that do the same thing, where we're dealing with the human element rather than the product of what the human has created. Where does education stand in yes. this whole equation? Yeah, well, I, I think the first thing, everybody in this room should educate yourself about these little devices everyone is holding up and carrying because they truly are spy devices. You have people, I mean, I've, I've even heard people at Google say that if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. Well, I've never heard anything crazier. And who, has, who, who among us has nothing to hide? I'm serious. It's not, do you have something to hide, but what is it that you're trying to hide and from whom? Think about this. Everybody, everyone exercises a different degree of privacy hundreds or sometimes thousands of times per day. I just met you. I'm not likely right now, especially with everybody watching, to tell you the intimate details of my life. It's like if I, I go to this, the store and buy some, some nice Romanian beer, I don't tell the clerk what I did last night when, in my private hours. No. We have very restricted lines of conversation. The weather, politics maybe, the price of potatoes. And that's, and that's it. <laughs> you made a casual acquaintance. Somebody needs to make, make that a to fucking t-shirt. Uh, this is why a young human loves him, dude. Potatoes. Uh, he's a good friend. You might divulge you know, almost of everything. <laughs> Irish heavy analogies. And to your spouse, to your wife, or to your husband, you might tell them everything. Or your Kirk. Unless maybe you're, you're sleeping with your wife's sister. In which case you might choose not. So do, you want, do you see what I'm I saying? I posted a picture in the so live chat of what he looked like right before uh, he died. about everyone else, we would have It's not a great picture, but it's something. Beginning with a rash of people oh, shooting yeah. their spouses. <clears throat> so uh, it's, it, it's, it's insane. I mean, just one thing, too, is like you, you got to understand, like, probably, you know, if you're not, if you're staying out of the public eye a little more than... Maybe you're not getting your hair dyed as much or your beard dyed. Or, yeah, I mean, so it's a little... Look at the but, video dude, and look at how far Not for nothing, man, but, like, that doesn't look like this dude at all. Well, like, at least from that, that level of quality photo. 
which is what they released. Yeah, this guy he looks like it, some fucking... and then he went all out. This guy looks like some Lebanese motherfucker. He does look a lot skinnier. Yeah, you can see the indent. He has like an indent in his forehead that's not present in John McAfee right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, here we go. To say, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. We are humans. We are living in an imperfect world. You know, we, we each have love and compassion and, and joy. And, and hope and grace, and at the same time we is have greed. Is he in some type of cafeteria? And hostility. I mean, it looks like he's at, he's at some kind of tech company man. with a ping so pong table. All of all of that negative known too? No, we can't. Society has created privacy. She wants to fuck the shit out of him. As the foundation stone of a harmonious world, and if we lose that, we will lose the harmony. What do you think about all these emerging they cut it? that are now uh, being used by giant companies in the industry? And I'm, I'm speaking about, for example, cloud storage or uh, all those data mining uh, technologies. Yes. Uh, how long will these last as secure technologies, what do you think? Uh, well, they're, not secure. they're not secure now. I mean, you know, I'm here to speak at uh, Brock, uh, Brock Pierce's brainchild, uh, D10E. Um, on, on a cryptocurrency. Um, and cryptocurrency, people say, well, how secure is Bitcoin? I go, what side do you want to look at? If you want to look at the blockchain, I think it's extremely secure. It's a mathematical principle that allows you to validate with absolute certainty uh, a source and destination for any transaction. That's very powerful. On the other hand, I see people who put wallets on their smartphones. Now, now, something that you may not know is that over half of all smartphones, both uh, iOS and Android, are infected with keystroke logging software. This is a known fact. Every pornography site in the world, if you have ever, I'm sure nobody here has ever looked at pornography, but if you have, if there's a rare, a rare exception, then... Um, you have keystroke locking software. These guys How do you think they get their money? See, this is, this is the issue. Um, it costs millions of dollars to maintain these massive databases and have the bandwidth to, to disperse this pornography. And yet, you don't pay. Yes, you So true, dude. We need, to, we need to do a deep dive on, like, the PSYOP of porn. Real shit. <laughs> we really do, dude. It's fucking crazy. Pay. The instant you visit the site, if you have an Android, for example, the site runs a JavaScript which sets the download unauthorized application flag. The very first video that you watch, you now, because that's a click-through, you clicked, you did something, you said yes, oh good, that's yes, I'll do that, um, downloads first and foremost a remote routing function, if it's an iPhone, uh, a remote jailbreaking program. All can be remotely uh, rooted now. After it's rooted, they download a key, a key logger, and all this takes just a matter of seconds. And from that point on, somebody is watching every single one of your keystrokes. Now, people pay these pornography sites for the ability to put their key logging software on your phones. Why? Well, well maybe. They're a Bitcoin aficionado, and they're, they're going to see, ah, do you have a Bitcoin wallet like Mycelium or what have you? Yes. 
Well, this is going to hang around until you access it and input your, your keys or your passwords. And the next day, your wallet's going to be empty. Or maybe you do online banking, right? You have a password, you have an application. The very first time you've logged into your bank to I check your balance to do anything. What is that? It's like an old school Bitcoin wallet from, you know, like the old bull run 2017. Yeah, it's when this video is from. It's, when, it's from 2016 or mm -hmm. 17. 17, yeah. They go, thank you very much. And the next day, your bank balance will disappear. Now, why has this not happened to you already? Because hackers are not stupid. In order to take something, they have to download additional software. If they only take four or five hundred people's bank accounts in one day, then the next day the white hat hackers are going to say, ah, this is how they did it. Everybody, you can protect yourself. No, they're going to wait until one day this year or next year and a hundred million people in one day are going to have your bank accounts eradicated. Zero balance or your identity will be stolen <clears throat> or your Bitcoin wallet will be emptied. Uh, or maybe they've been watching your keystrokes to see if, Dude, you know, maybe you're saying something to a friend or a lover that maybe could compromise you. Maybe they can blackmail you. If they get lucky, you might be a U United States congressman or a senator. In which case, now not only do they have money, they have power. So this is why this is being done. And the Russian uh, um, cyber mafia and the Chinese cyber mafia are so powerful, they pay literally hundreds of millions of dollars to these pornography sites to allow them to access your smartphone so that at some point they can utilize that. So just something to think about. Now, you said how secure are they? <laughs> well, they're not. They're not. Neither the, the, uh, uh, the alt currency wallets um, nor anything else in the cloud. Because what, what is the cloud? We haven't thought this through, people. The cloud is a place where I'm going to store data. I don't know what computer it's on or even what country it's in. I don't know who is managing it and monitoring it and controlling it. I don't know what type of security facilities you have. I know nothing. And I'm willing to put my valuable data there? No. Why would we do that? Now, if it's something I don't care about, that if you steal it, I don't care. It's, it's a list of books I read. You know, I'll just recreate it from the web. But if it's something that matters, it's like saying, we've all agreed now we have secrets, yes? yes? Well, why don't you let me keep your secrets? Why should you be burdened with having to keep your secrets? I mean, you've got too many stories to tell. Why don't you give it to me and let me manage it for you? Isn't that crazy? And yet that, that's what we're doing with our, quote, secret data. That is data we don't want to have stolen from us or taken or accessed. Did that answer your question? Yes, it did. <laughs> so as an investor, you wouldn't invest in a company that it's using cloud technologies? Uh, well, well, I wouldn't say that. Because there are many ways of looking at the cloud, aren't there? I mean, as it exists now, with this, the, where we store our data is unknown. And why do we use the cloud? We use it because it makes life easy. 
I can access my data from anywhere and from any device, on an airplane, my smartphone, my laptop, who cares? Well, you can do the same thing by choosing where you store your data. And there are companies that are offering decentralized cloud services um, where you create this, they give the software, you say, well, I want my, my, my main server in the company to be where I keep all my sensitive things. You might even have your, your smartphone as a server if it's always turned on. So you get to pick and choose. And you might still use the cloud for some things because not important. It doesn't matter if people steal like it or know what it was kind of like, oh, so I kind of gave it up like my dead switch. Say it again. Oh. Okay. Uh, it, not, I'm not saying I wouldn't invest in it. I'm saying that. Um, oh, okay. My internet decided would, to go it down would, at it that would have to <laughs> No, yeah. What were you saying? What about the death switch? Or debt switch? Or his dead man switch. Oh, yeah. We're talking about decentralized uh, storage, where he was talking about where you can now have your own, right? You can have your own cloud storage for your own personal use. And I saw him stutter, so I was kind of like, what? Is this where you're giving up your dead man switch? And that's why you stuttered, because you're like, oh, I kind of gave up that I was looking into the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be a new this is from 2017. turned on. So you get mm -hmm. to pick and choose. And you might still use the cloud for some things because not important. It doesn't matter if people steal it or know what, what's in there. So uh, it, not, I'm not saying I wouldn't invest in it. I'm saying that um, it, would, it, would, it would have to be a new type of cloud, a cloud that you, as the user, have control over to, to the extent that you get to choose the location of your data. Speaking about Bitcoin, what is the most significant value of Bitcoins? What would you say? Well, I think the most significant value is, is that it, it is a new paradigm of, of, of money. Um, and it's not going to go away. It's like Pandora's box. We've opened the box. It came out. It's not going away. No matter how much governments would like it to, uh, no matter how problematic it is for banks, it's here to stay and it's growing. And the world will have so to learn this video to, if not Bitcoin, then one of the, uh, some other cryptocurrency, because there's, you know, hundreds of them. And I would caution people because many of these new cryptocurrencies are scams. You know, people who say, oh God, there's a lot of money to be made, let's create our own currency and name it whatever, you know, uh, the McAfee coin. Um, and let's pre-mine a million of them and sell them. But please, you know, it's, it's a license to steal. And, and they do it because people do not understand the technology behind it. And here's some other advice. If you are going to become involved in, in any kind of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin or Ethereum or Monero or whatever, you need to educate yourself. It is easy to lose your money and to become confused. <coughs> so and these are problems that will fix themselves. The simplicity, it's difficult now because it's a new technology and we don't have the facilities to keep you as the owner of the money from hurting yourself through lack of education. We can build software to take that away. It'll just take time, a year, two years, three years, that problem will go away. Yeah. Um, but banks, governments, 
people who, who collect taxes from I income, said that. it's a problem they're going to have to deal with. In one of your previous talks, you said that there are two ways of losing Bitcoin, stupidity and hacking. Could you please elaborate on these two aspects? Uh, through stupidity. stupidity and hacking. I, I, I don't use that word stupidity very much. I can't <laughs> well, believe I did. said that. But I did. Fair enough. Okay. But then I must have been talking about myself because I've lost lots playing around with cryptocurrencies um, because I'm trying to find what the problems are. You know, I let people hack me. I published the phone, my, my personal phone number in Business Insider magazine last year. And my, my wife is here. She can tell you that for weeks the phone rang nonstop 24 hours a day. However, every hacker in the world has my number now. They also have my email address. Please, try and hack me. It's not a challenge. I want to see what you're doing. I want to see the newest tech. I want to see the newest technology in data theft. And for a hacker, it's, it's a badge of honor to be able to hack a leading cybersecurity figure, well, like myself, for example. So, so that's what happens. People get into my phone. My phone has more malware on it than the entire library of, of Kaspersky Laboratories uh, because I invite everybody. Is that where he is? Um, and, and now I've lost your original question. It had to do with stupidity. stupidity and hacking. And, and hacking, yes. Yeah. So it is. Stupidity meaning he said we he blindly walk into things without thinking, like Bitcoin. Uh, you know, you should always, at least for the next year or so, find someone who's already doing it that can advise you, who has already has a wallet and can tell you the, what's the best wallet, who can tell you how to, to store your, your money offline. It takes, it takes education and it takes a little time. The best uh, and, place and to find again, the stupidity part, I get, I get tired. I also do exchanges between Bitcoin and, and Ethereum and Ethereum and Monero, all of the alt currencies. Why? Because, because I'm, I'm looking to buy a company that, that's already doing that. And I need to understand that technology. Well, you know, I've, I've lost thousands of dollars, mostly because through my own stupidity. Buying shitcoins. And when you transfer one alt currency into another... There's this one cum rocket. It's going to be wallet. sick in a couple of so years. You have the source wallet, the intermediary wallet, Splitting and industry the of wallet. It's easy to get those things confused if you're doing it a lot. So that is stupidity again. Um, is there any way to secure your bitcoins once you've earned them? Yeah, absolutely. I think mine are secure. Um, but the only way to do it is offline. I mean, you can buy, you can buy devices. Um, uh, my favorite one is, is Trezor, T-R-E-Z-O-R. And the reason is, is because your seed keys, uh, when, you, when you first create a wallet, it gives you a thing called seed key. Anybody ever heard of that one? Yeah, it's uh, Exodus. Yeah, um, yeah, I use Exodus, but I was going to get a Trezor to hook up with it. I just, every time I'm going to buy it, I'm like, oh, I could buy one of these or I could just put that money into more fucking crypto. How much is that? Uh, the low end one is like maybe 50, 60 bucks, and then they have a higher end one that's maybe like 100 or 150 bucks, I think. It's, it's a, a list of words, random words, car, shoelace, dog, cow, whatever. Um, and these are your seed keys. 
rand randomly generated to the point that there's no way anybody could ever guess them in the right order. Um, now, the ridiculousness of wallets, keep in mind that if you've been to a pornography site, someone's watching you anyway, as soon as you install the wallet, it, asks, it shows you what your seed keys are, asks you to input them so that you got it correct. Well, you just, you just gave up your wallet to any hacker who, who wants access to it. Um, what's nice about the, the Trezor device, and by the way, I have nothing to do with Trezor. Cody, I'm not, Cody I'm not you don't have to worry about that sale. shit. Nothing, I, I just use it. Because it has a tiny little screen that shows you the seed keys on this screen, not your smartphone, not your laptop, not your desktop, but on that device. So no hacker can access them. And then once you've put your bitcoins into the wallet, unplug it, bury it in the backyard, hide it under your mattress, whatever you want to do with it like it was real cash. So, but, but to keep the wallet on any intelligent device, whether it's your laptop, your, your uh, desktop, um, or any mobile device, that's insane. It, it will get stolen. In terms oh, of um, cybersecurity technologies, what's your bet for the for the future? What Probably good advice. do you think it will be the, the Installing my wallet It'll have to be the technology that that looks for the the human element, that looks for the hacker rather than the malware that the hacker creates. That's the only way you can do this. Because hackers have to interface, they have to act, they have to do something in order to hack you. And it takes many weeks or sometimes many months uh, for them to do that. Okay, I want to find a hacker right in front. Here. Yeah, pause it. Because yeah. when I was getting one of my friends into crypto, he was like, for whatever reason, he decided to do extensive research on the wallets themselves. And when I introduced him to Exodus, he hit the packets release. Like it's the file structure that shows like what current up to date uh, dot. Point one or whatever it is at and he researched the company that hosts that packet transfer as in the company basically updates or creates an update packet for the software then they upload it to a server that then pushes it out to every single device around the world well he discovered that that company that was like the dot apu whatever website was bought out by a chinese company and the fact that he's talking about uh, using Trezor, right? Like, you know, does that explain why he didn't have any crypto, or was him not, or him not having crypto a lie? Like, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting how he talks about Trezor in 2017, but my buddy psyched himself out of using uh, Exodus because he noticed that. Um, the company that pushes out the updates is now owned by a Chinese company. Well, recently, yeah, there the is way too many updates for that thing. I mean, is see, Trezor and Exodus are two completely different things. I think. I mean, there's. I mean, I use Exodus as like a desktop software. So, like, what I could do is just like put everything on here and then just totally uninstall it and just you know I have the all the addresses like copied somewhere else. Um, so it's like sending to somewhere that doesn't exist. And as long as I don't update it, I guess, I don't know. But if you, yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's an interesting point though. Well, I, 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 I've never heard that about the Chinese company. Yeah, my buddy just himself out of using it. Like I still use Exodus for some of my stuff, but it's, I don't know. It kind of, 
it kind of watching the McAfee thing is like, oh, that would be a very particular reason to want to target uh, this software developer because they have a person of interest who has a lot of money on this and they, right, it would be, right, it would, you know, you would coordinate an attack because he is a person of interest. For sure, but how long ago was that video? That was like seven years, so. Oh, 2017, this video, four years ago. Four years ago, so. I mean, it's sad note, too, look, when, he, when he goes into that whole thing about porn and keylogging software, and he says Apple and Android and all the fun, everybody's 50% of everybody's fuck, he only describes how to do it with, with a JavaScript on Android. Just right. saying, you think it'd be easy to throw in like, oh, by the way, this is how you would do it on an iPhone once you remote jailbreak, but no. Well, he, another thing I he made his, noticed, he made his money, but don't they don't take him like to for full credit, you know? I mean, all the way. Yeah. Well, dude, he makes his money finding flaws and selling fixes and selling the announcement of that flaw. Right. And right now, he's talking about the next generation of how do you stop. Hackers, because he's created, he understands this world better than we do in terms of just knowing how much of a cesspool it is and how as soon as something comes out, there's people trying to break it. Like, wait, that's just the world we live in. And when he said that thing about I've got more malware on my phone than Kaspersky Labs, I think that's like the equivalent of saying in America, like, I've got more fucking spyware on my phone than, than Langley headquarters in Virginia. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, but he's in Romania, so I mean, he's going to say it differently. So, um, shut the another thing down. I noticed is the as far as keylogging software with your seed phrase, a lot of these a lot of these wallets now what they're doing is like when you put in your seed phrase, it will just give you like a jumble. It will give you like a bunch of random words, and you just pick the right ones in the right orders rather than typing them out. So it's kind of like you can't be keylogged. Um, I don't know if they're all doing that, but some of them are, though. Make sure you save That's it. big. And then that's also <laughs> huge with the Apple Touch ID thing with passwords and keychain. So they figured out how to change the interfaces for all these devices where effectively you're never entering your password through the keyboard. It's a security measure. Right, but because of this. <laughs> things like this. Then they're going to go look for easier prey. All, all of our security in the future will have to, to include that aspect of security. <laughs> the hacker mindset and the hacker methodology. Perfect. You speak a lot about uh, hackers. Uh, let's suppose that uh, I am a tech company. Uh, how do I deal with them? How should I approach this relationship with hackers in general? Should I work with them? Should I? Yes, hire them. That's, I keep saying it to everybody. If you don't have hackers on your on your team, then you're lost. If, if I'm if I'm designing a bank vault, wouldn't I want to hire the greatest safe cracker in the world? Someone who can break into bank vaults. I want to hire that man. Yeah, like a locksmith. Then he's going to break into my safe. This, this is just a fact of life. Yeah, you don't so, hire you don't hire an engineer or a fucking you don't hire a metal worker. You hire a, like locksmith. It makes sense. We we have to someone have who to can get in and out. Cooperate with them. We have to stop thinking that all hacking is bad, because 
a hacker is, is nothing more than a person who understands every single aspect of computer technology, from the hardware all through up to the highest level software, and loves. I have a question. Hey, um, Frog, maybe you can answer this one real quick. Remember that software that came out that Q talked about that's the fucking dragon eating itself, the same as the Acoon chanting? What is that called? Do you remember? Yeah, Gydra. Uh, Gydra. G-H-I-R-D-A. It was supposed to do like reverse engineering on software, right? And then it shows you, and then you can pick in what language it would show your... Python what, and everything. Or, yeah, what programming language. Hmm. Okay. I wonder if any of this has to do with that. Doing that. Loves living in that field. Lives, eats, and breathes that. Now, you can't, you can't create a hacker. You can't send someone to Harvard or uh, to Stanford University and create a hacker. No, that's not possible. You can create a good computer scientist. But that's not the man or woman that you want to save you from hacking. You, you have to get the hackers involved. I hire nothing but hackers. My friends are all hackers. Um, you know, I, I want to know the hacker mindset, else I cannot help you. I can't do anything to create products or services to keep you secure if I don't understand my enemy. And just because they're hackers does not mean they have to be the enemy. Okay, there, there are white hackers as well. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking about that, uh, how much do you think the security industry is still, um, you know, biased towards uh, hiring computer science graduates uh, as opposed to people that are uh, self-taught in this uh, security field? I believe that in 10 or 15 years, colleges and universities will no longer exist. Yeah! Does it make sense, for example, to Fuck learn yeah, a science? where you're taught by a human being with a limited brain and limited capacity, when right here in your hands, you have access to the infinite knowledge of the world. I, I tell this to people all the time. They go, what should I study in school? I go, why do you want to go? I mean, if you want to go to school to, to party or to make friends or for social reasons, that's fine. Or you want a degree so that you can get a job with some structured company. <coughs> that demands you have one, okay. Boom, but that booty in the back, too. You're not going to structure your life so from 10 a.m. till 11 a.m. you'll be studying um, uh, writing device drivers, and then from 11 till 12 you'll be studying C++. No, that's nonsense. You're going to be living on the dark web. You're going to be living in, in these communities where people are talking about the ins and outs of, of technology. He's saying That's these how you're learn. And those are the people I will hire. Because if software engineering and hacking is not a structured universe, it is very chaotic. And universities are very structured, even though they look chaotic and, at fraternity parties. But, um, so, so, yeah, you, you, you need to question whether school in its current form will even exist. Um, from MGT Capital Investments' uh, point of view, um, what are you looking at exactly when deciding if you will invest or not in a tech company? Well, recently we've been investing mostly in ourselves because we have such a, a team of hackers and 
And you know, while while I'm off, you know, looking for for possible new acquisitions, they're they're back creating things, you know. And and when I get back, there'll be something else they will have created. And that's how we came out with the Sentinel product and a, a whole bunch of other products. So, uh, you know, even even in my world of, of investing and and creating uh, cybersecurity products, uh, there are no rules. The world is is changing rapidly. The thing that that motivates me is that I, I see we as, as a world, not just a nation or, or class of people, but the entire world is teetering on the edge of a cliff, dangerously, where we are allowing these devices to basically become our masters rather than the other way around. And these devices are spy devices. We buy them so they can spy on us. And that's creating a great deal of danger. And at the same time, nation states are creating weaponized software that can destroy another nation's power grid. Well, I'd, I'd rather have nuclear bombs dropped because they're local. Sounds familiar. If you lose a power grid for a nation, you'll be living in a cave within a year, wearing animal skins because that's the, there is no other hope. You cannot, you have no emergency services, no communication, no food, because all food production is automated. Without power, you cannot run the computers to automate that production. Without power, you can't run the machines, even if you had the manual capability of doing it. You can't distribute the food, because that is all automated. It would be a horrific world, and yet we are all in this world, and at least a dozen nations have that button now. Russia, China, U.S., I know for sure. Isn't that frightening? It is. It should be waking people up. It is a bug. But instead, we're still drawn into this tiny, little, colorful, entertaining screen. Um. By the way, from all the devices that we as regular people are using, what's the least secure? from all, from our, if we, if we were to choose between our smartphone. I can tell you what the most secure is, it's, it's this one. The one <laughs> that I carry, and it's a Samsung S7. And the reason is, it is the- The one that blew up. That can the one that got recalled? Holy shit, you're right, dude. Because of the battery? I had one of those. Probably purposely I had made that the too. battery explode so they could recall it. This motherfucker. Unbelievable. I think it was the the, the Unbelievable that were exploding though. That's not the note. It was the note that had the battery issue that was yeah. catching on fire. Okay, sure. okay, okay. But well, you gotta assume mind. that the note and the seven were the note seven and the Galaxy S seven were probably They're using the same chips. Same chips but not the same battery. Right. Fuck. Not be remotely Unbelievable. or remotely jailbroken. All iPhones can be, be, be I, you know, again, whatever. Um, all iPhones can be, be, be I, you know. Edit? You see that edit? All iPhones can be, be, be Well, they, yeah, they don't you know, want you to know that uh, you can remotely remove all on uh, All iPhones can be, be, be I, you know, again, whatever. Um, <laughs> He said something there the that hackable, they removed. The most hackable phone in the world is the iPhone. Android is second. Um, 
But before they can do anything, they have to root your phone remotely, meaning they've got a, you download a piece of software which roots your phone. And no matter how hard manufacturers have tried, no one has kept a remote rooting uh, uh, software out for more than a few months. This has gone for over a year. No one yet has, has developed one. So when they develop a root device for this, I'll search for something else. That's the only way, by the way, I can survive handing out my phone number and email address and inviting hackers to come and hack me. They can put the software on here, but the software is powerless until the phone is rooted. I never rooted. Mr. McAfee, thank you so much for your time. It was uh, a pleasure. Now, if you're still uh, uh, available for uh, five or six minutes, I think that we can take one or two questions Suck your dick. from uh, people yes, that gather absolutely. here. Uh, I love him, dude. I love this guy now, man. As well, someone is asking. You want to know how I know it's him? <laughs> the way he touches his nose is the same way I saw all my coke addict uncles touch their nose, move their hands, kind of like deadpan and like. Yeah, like he's he a fucking. He's a party animal. Damn it. He's a fucking G. One of the very last of them that were around. Hopefully, he's still alive. I'm. I'm pulling out. Like, I'm, I still think he's alive. Well, I had no intention of winning it. I mean, <laughs> please, anybody, anybody who's, who's, who's Googled me will know that I can never be the U.S. president. Well. Um, okay, no, let's get real. Let's get real. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm smart enough to know that, and so are all the people on my campaign. However. Because you're not related to them. What did it do? It allowed me to have I'm a national platform to stand on, to tell people what I've just told you. Cybersecurity is our biggest risk. We're teetering on a cliff. If any of you have children, you'll understand what it means to want to leave the world in a better place than you found it. Well, we're about to leave a disaster to our children. Oh, God. No parent wants that. So it gave me a national stage. And especially me being John McAfee, expecting me to do something crazy, which I tried to do as often as possible. Um, people listen. But no, I, why I didn't win, there was no way I could have won. Ask that person what drugs they're on for even asking <laughs> okay. that question. I, I'm joking. Okay. I know. <laughs> we have one question there, I think. Yes. I'm sorry? Yes. I, I got this crazy idea. Traditionally, uh, antiviruses uh, worked like this. You would install them on your computer, you would maybe pay a license on them. Look at that watch he's got. It's crazy. But if that didn't happen, uh, then you were screwed and you couldn't sue the company or something like this. What if uh, we change a little the paradigm? Say, I'm the consumer, there's the hacker, but there's a third party. Which is someone responsible. Got a crosser too. Okay, I have all this personal data, and I want to legally bind you to take care of it and not let anyone. Uh, get oh shit, that's your attack too. If that happens, you have to pay a lot of money <coughs> to me. Yes. And in return for this, maybe I pay a monthly fee. Depends on the data, on it depends on stuff like that. Well, absolutely, but, the, the, but here's the problem. It requires that you act responsibly, too. 
meaning that you will not download an application from Google Play or, or some other thing without reading what the permissions are that it's asking, or that you never visit a pornography site, or that you never visit any site that offers you something for free, which you know is not free. No, no, but, but, but here's the issue. Because once, you, once your phone is then compromised, he can't, the, the third party can no longer be responsible because the hacker is not coming in this way. He's coming in pretending to be you. Yes, Do you understand? I understand. But in my uh, scenario, uh, if I'm the dumb client and I don't want to have responsibility, I want to delegate responsibility, this would mean that the third party, they, they should be proactive and they should go to the pornography websites I really wish I knew what he was saying. But, but that's fine, and they can do that. Yeah. But, but as long as you are still using your phone, because, let me ask you this, how will you get access to your data? Are you going to drive to their building and sit down in front of their computer, or are you going to use your computer to access your data? I'm going to use my device. So that's right, and your device is the, is the, is the Trojan horse. Your device is the, is the hole in the system as long as you don't act responsibly. And if you're going to act responsibly, why do you need some third person to hold your data? That's, that's, that's the catch-22 here, is that it has to be on our shoulders. We always want to put responsibility on someone else's shoulders. Well, that has never worked for anything in my life. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and it works least of all in cybersecurity. But, but that's, that's just my humble opinion. So. Thank you so much. Thank You're you so much. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. We're going to end this here. We went over three hours, and uh, it was a great episode so far. I want to thank everybody for being here, of course, for Sam Tripoli and George Nori and Art Bell. No, I'm just joking. <clears throat> All right. Go to um, chat.samtripoli.com. Uh, join our Discord. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We're going to put all your links in the chat. Anything got any last words for about anything? I forgot we were That's live. Fine. Thanks for coming out. Hell yeah, doggy. We'll see you Thursday. And don't forget to download elements chat.samshumpley.com. 